pie this away, hot pie that away, hot pie this away, my oh my, it's True Cult Pop, the music podcast, this is episode number 26 of the show. I'm Stephen Hill, he's Sam Slight, looking a little bit confused. Do you know what that was I just started the show with, Sam? Was it the opening team of Heidi High? Oh, he's got it badly I wrong I have got there. it badly wrong. He's got it no. badly, got it badly wrong. It was Wisbit. Lovely Wisbit. Do you remember Wisbit? No, of course you that don't. sounds like some sort of off-brand cereal. No, 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 no. Mm. It was Paul Daniels. I'm Paul Daniels. You're the lovely Debbie McGee. Well, it, it has been Paul said. Daniels show. Yeah. yeah, and Wisbit, the TV show, was basically Paul Daniels and Debbie McGee in a sort of magical land, and the lead character, Wisbit, was like a sort of upside-down triangle. <laughs> right. It was magic. Cool. And it was a chill children's TV program from the 80s well i assumed it wasn't some sort of gritty pedro pascal drug drama it debuted exactly as we record this podcast 40 years to the day today uh i've actually just made that up i'm just joking i'm hoping no one will don't fact pick up on that don't tweet steve don't fact check that don't fact check that because it's not a fact (laughs) something i said because i just had the song from wisbit in my head got up this morning yeah you go What's in our head? I couldn't pick the theme tune from Wisbit. No. That would have been mental. That would have been absolutely mental. Uh, what's going on, Sam? What's happening? What are you doing? What are you doing? Come on. <laughs> well, 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 well. As we record, I've just finished work and um, little, you know, kind of for the freeloaders, little sneak peek. Uh, there has been a York Hot Pop recently where Steve got to moan about the local bin men. So now I'm going to moan what about idiots, the general yeah. public. Because uh, when I say to people, oh, I'm stopping serving now. If you want, do you want anything else, if you can drink up in a reasonable time and you're still there an hour later, I'm going to get a bit shirty and uh, have to employ the um, patented get the fuck out of the pub method, which is put on street cleaner by Godflesh really loud. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Now that's what I'm talking about. That's hospitality yes. for you. That is hospitality mm. for you. But, you know, uh, if if the, the thing works, then it works, doesn't it? There's only it been, works. So I don't put on the whole of Street Cleaner, but I usually put on, obviously, Light Rats and Christbait Rising. If they can get through that, and it's only happened a couple of times, then I have to go for DEFCON 1, which is Oxygen by Swans. No one's made it through uh, that yet. I thought you were going to say you give them a free shot of Lemoncello. No. Like they do at um, every <laughs> Greek restaurant I give them I've ever been to. A shot of Baileys, like at the end of a curry, when it's really obvious <laughs> that they just don't sell Baileys, so that's what they're shifting. My, my my friend Laura went for her birthday once to a curry when I was younger. I don't know if I've told you the story before. Probably not. It's a very short and not that good story. And the guy came along and he gave her a carton of orange juice for her birthday. <laughs> right. He was like, we were like, happy birthday. And he went, it's your birthday. And we went, yeah. And he went, oh, have some orange juice. And he gave her some orange juice. What a Shattered. funny story. Yeah, I know. Good on him. At least he gave her something, I suppose. Yeah, to be and fair. Who, who, doesn't, who doesn't like orange juice? Um wankers wankers i thought you're going to say something like uh you know people who are lactose intolerant but that wouldn't be oranges don't contain a lot of milk usually no they don't not 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 usually no anyway anyway on the show this week uh we're recording the weekly show really fucking early so you know if 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 i say this all the time if jimmy page dies in the week (laughs) let's hope that he doesn't i mean one because we don't want him to die and two because we won't be talking about it because we haven't actually we don't know news, about it yeah. yet. If we say it's Wednesday or Thursday, it happens. We don't actually know about that because this is actually it's Sunday. Manchester United have just beaten Fulham uh, to reach the FA Cup semi final, so that will give you football fans some sort of idea of where we are in the week. Mm. Uh, if you're not a football fan, then 
be, be a football fan. Yeah, it's not I mean, hard, is come it? On, I mean, football is the beautiful game. Football. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Touchdown. I... Scored the three pointer from the halfway line. Yeah. All that, you know. Maybe sports. Maybe at your level. Um, your I actually tried to. I think I don't know if I said this before as well. I tried to uh, write for four four two once, and I said I'd love to write about the beautiful game, and they just came back and went, "Well, the fact that you called it that <laughs> in print means that we we don't want We're you. Never going to use like, you. Oh, oh, fuck. Okay, fair enough. Anyway, look on the show this week. Basically, my kitchen is getting done. Do you know the fucking state of like? everything in my house at the moment there's just dust over like that kind of concrete dust mm. over everything in my whole house i like to imagine bonjour's just a kind of moving sand pile at the moment she does yeah mm. she did she, she's sneezing like anything Aww. it's very like dusty in here very dusty very kind of so anyway you know the the the, the plastering's drying on the ceiling and the walls mm. at the moment but i've got a whole load of stuff next to me so basically next week is mad busy for me mm. it's pretty busy for you i say next week you're listening to this during the week that is so i should just get on with all this really <laughs> basically we're recording the podcast early this week because it's a fucking mad week i got i'm gonna see lamb of god so we're not gonna do any reviews we have listened to miley cyrus <laughs> we have listened to 100 yes gets. we have a couple yes, of people were like you have to listen to 100 yeah, gets yeah, yeah. Uh, Way ahead we of you are guys, not don't you worry we are not ready to talk about 100 gets yet i'm <laughs> like far from ready to talk about 100 gex yet but um one word review of 100 gex uh news (laughs) um yeah it's fucking it's absolutely mental so we will be doing that but this week we thought we'd just do you know 26 episodes six months into the podcast Mm. young free and single use your imagination it's um we're gonna do a sort of six month q a we put out the call on facebook and twitter i couldn't think of a picture to put on instagram so i just didn't bother and uh we got a load of questions anyway so we're just going to be doing that little q a and then we'll be back to doing reviews and stuff next week hope that's all right with everyone uh as usual i will point you in the direction of our patreon page patreon.com forward slash true cult pop you can hear tomorrow the day after this podcast goes out we have a podcast coming up uh, from a suggestion that we had on the weird and wonderful Marmosettes debut album from the UK-based rock band Marmosettes. That album, now nine years old. Oh, it's depressing, isn't it? What the fuck is that yeah. about? How's that happen? What we're all that about? What we're all that about? Yeah, it's mad, but a great record, and we talked about it at length. And we kind of just basically talked about Marmosettes at length, and we sort of went, what a shame. That they never became the thing that we thought they all thought we they were gonna that they all thought we were gonna become and we all thought they were gonna become. What? We've all let each anyway, other down, yeah. haven't we? Basically, yeah. yeah. It's a good album, basically, is what I'm saying. It's a fucking brilliant album, and I think uh, part of the conversation we have is that when Marmosets came through, it was so exciting, and it was like, "Fuck, is this gonna happen for like British heavy guitar music?" And it feels like it's, you know, best part of a decade later, we're finally feeling that ripple effect come through. But if you want to know more, you have to give us some bloody money, won't you? But the album's really good. Yeah. If you've not heard it, fuck me, you get on the Weird and Wonderful Marmosets. The album is really good. And on that kind of motif, actually, or I would say when you say, oh, we were just finding the ripple effect from it afterwards and all that, uh, nothing's been as good as it, I don't think, really. I mean, mm. yeah, actually, that's not true. Yeah. There's been a few. Heck, instructions, I think, you know, Statues by Black Pigs. There have yeah, been yeah. some fucking great, great records. But nothing really has made me go, oh, bloody, what is this? Like, in the way that that kind of Marmosets album did. Mm. Stinker. Stinker. Absolutely. Absolute stinker. Uh, also, 
you will have heard this if you're a patron as well. But if you sign up for our five pound tier, we've just put out, although we haven't actually recorded it yet, uh, we've just put out a special classic album on Crack the Sky by Mastodon. Sam, uh, that was fun, wasn't it? Oh, great fun. Yeah, yeah. I love the uh, racial epithets you threw out against the Russian people. Oh, oh, we cut that out, didn't we? Oh God, it's a shame that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, we haven't actually recorded that yet, but it will be. It will, we'll be doing that tomorrow. Yeah. So it is going out, and you've probably already heard it. So you can tell that you know, I lied. There can, is what I did. It yeah, will be really you can good. Voucher us. Yeah, yeah. It'll be really good fun talking about one of the best heavy bands that kind of you know brought out a debut this century. As far as I'm concerned, I think Master are fucking incredible, and obviously we'll get into that when we actually talk about it. But Steve, I'm not. I'm not wide of the mark there, am I? Same Mastodon, one of the No, no, best. no. I was listening to it. I was listening to it today. I think it's absolutely astonishing, that record. And you'll find that you will probably already know if you've signed up how astonishing I think it is. So there you go. Go over to patreon.com forward slash true cult pop. And if you haven't listened to either of those podcasts, you can do so if you so wish. All right. Just quickly before we get into the Q&As. Um, this week, right? Just gone. It's weird to be talking about a song that's been in my head this week mm. when we haven't actually had the week, so it might be something else. But I tell you what I did listen to the other day because I did a little feature for Metal Hammer uh, online, which you can go and read over at the Metal Hammer website now, on 10 times that metal bands, that's really rock bands, really, but metal bands, metal, rock and metal bands, 10 times they fucked up award ceremonies Ooh. and they ruined award ceremonies by doing mad shit. And I found a really good bunch of uh, performances. And one that I found that I didn't put in the list, but I nearly did. But then I thought, well, they, they don't actually do anything other than play their song. They're just <laughs> really mental. Yeah. Is Billy Talent at the Canadian Juno Awards in 2004. Mm which is basically their version of the Brit Awards, mm. sort of. Do you know what I mean? And it's them doing Try Honesty. And they do it in like, you know, a kind of arena-sized venue. And this is Billy Talent on their first album. Mm. Like, I really, really like Billy Talent. But I could not believe they let them on stage to play such a kind of rough, raw, brutal harsh m manic thing like billy talent were going fucking mental if you get a chance to find it it's a really really amazing bit of footage because it's like full-blown kind of telly sit down whatever and then this band just come on and are like this you know totally crazy hardcore band for like a minute and a half hmm. playing the song try honesty and then I was like, oh my God, that is a great song in it. Try honesty, that is a great song. And then I went to the Billy Talent. I've done quite a bit of it. It could have been a few Billy Talent songs mm. I picked this week. Because I went on a bit of a Billy Talent um, binge after finding that bit of footage. Uh, but I thought I'd pick the song which sort of inspired me listening to them in the first place. That whole Billy Talent first album, I think, is so wicked. And this song is fucking great. What great, great band Billy Talent are. Aren't they, Sam? Surely. Billy Talent are fucking brilliant. And uh, I'm glad that you've said that you went on a Billy Talent binge after listening to this. Because obviously you suggested that this was going to be your song you'd talk about this week. I stuck it on. I was like, bloody hell, I've not listened to the debut Billy Talent for ages. So I listened to all of that. Mm. And then I listened to all of Billy Talent too. And then I listened to a sort of few, a selection of the singles that came in the wake of the first two albums. They're fucking brilliant, aren't they? They're such a good band. Yeah, um, well, good. And try honestly, I mean, 
funny you say, you know, kind of a really sort of rough, aggressive hardcore. I'd say it's one of the easier going tracks on the debut album. The one that comes immediately after where Ben is just absolutely shredding his vocals. Um, it caught me off guard because I kind of forget that they get quite as heavy as they do when you think about a song like Red Flag or Fallen Leaves or, you know, the big, mm. big singles. But yeah, Try Honesty, amazing. I love the gang vocals and the intertwining sort of vocal melodies they do across it of the, you know, Try Honesty and then Try Agony, passing back and forth they're great i've never seen billy talent either steve i'm fucking livid every time they've been over to the uk and i've been listening to them uh, probably since about i don't know 2007 2008 every time they've been over something's come up where i've just not managed to see them Hmm. i haven't seen them many times i think i've seen them like two or three times it tends to be a download i think did, did they do slam dunk once no i don't they did actually mm. i'm making that up um I think every time I've seen them, it's been at download. I've never seen them at their own show, and I would like to actually mm. because I think you know when um, right on right act, I reviewed their last album, which is all right. It, I think they've got yeah. a handful of singles on the last few, but certainly the first couple of albums, oh, mate. first two, one and two, are just absolutely brilliant. Mm. It took me a little while because you know so this came out in two thousand and three, but fairly late two thousand and three. Uh, well, September 2003. And then, you know, I don't think it kind of broke over here immediately. So I'm, I'm reckon it was maybe like 2005, maybe even 2006 by the time I actually kind of came to Billy Talent. Mm. Because I just thought like, oh, there'll be another one of those kind of Taking Back Sunday emo bands, which I had got a little bit bored of. I was like, I really, really need a new one of them. And then my mate who's into nothing but kind of quite aggressive punk rock was like, this band are on a major, but they're actually really good. They're, mm. they're really good. And uh, this song, like the bit where it goes, okay, it's your fault. Ah! That bit on the Juno performance mm. is like absolutely, like fucking so heavy, really, really heavy. And I remember listening to it, and I was like, I mean, these are just great songs. Going through actually, the, the first, my first Billy Talent album is a good shout for like. A classic album i think i mean that i'd argue the second one as well that. to be honest mate like for quality alone i think those two albums are just basically bulletproof really i fucking love them both god i like billy mm. talent a lot and and like ben's vocals i know can be a sticking point for some people but i just i cannot imagine how you wouldn't listen to them and just get so riled up that you want to just go and spin kick i don't know spin kick a hen yeah, he's got the it, like he does. He's like the Yelpy one from the Automatic. If he was actually <laughs> good, talent, yeah, talented, yeah. yeah, he was actually good. Yeah. Don't you tell me? Like, I like, I like that. Mm. I do like, I like all of that. Yeah, man, I, I have fucking, I'm banging to Billy Talent. I think they're really, really good. I mean, yeah, like I say, last few albums, maybe not so much. Maybe the um, the shit might have sold in terms of like me really, really getting excited about their albums coming out mm. or being desperate to go and see them live in their own concert but you know if they play download or whatever like i absolutely would be there they're really good live i think first download i went to in 2009 they were the first band that came on where i was like yes because it was billy talent then kill switch then limp biscuit then corn then faith no more oh, i think that was the lineup which is great right that is fucking yeah. that's awesome right that's a really good day um <laughs> poor old stained came on before them what are you doing here yeah. what are you doing here <laughs> but um yeah, it, uh, this is this is a fucking tune, absolute tune. Go and watch that little Juno performance. It's only like ninety seconds long, mm. but it's just like Ben pulls his top up and starts licking his nipples for some reason. What a lad! That was a close, the closest I had to like. Oh, aren't they anarchic? <laughs> it's not really the same as not the KLF, you know, like, is it? Yeah, yeah, it's not Metallica playing fucking. So what? At the end, uh, VMAs. Yeah, 
no it's not really um anyway yeah try honesty by billy talent tune big tune what about you sam uh, well, similarly, I suppose talking about a kind of quite noisy, frenetic punk, I have been listening to, I mean, basically for the last six months, a hell of a lot of Death Grips, because Death Grips are just absolutely fantastic. And um, since they got announced for a headliner, for one of the headliners for Outbreak Festival, where I will be going to see them come hell or high water, um, I've had particularly ex-military in the money store on a lot. There could have, I suppose, a bit like Billy Talent. There are plenty of songs from this album that I could have picked that have been stuck in my head, but I have gone for the Fever AA. Um, like, uh, I think we're clipping a quite a classy, experimental, industrial hip hop outfit. Death Grips are the really dirty, nasty kind of underbelly of that. And not to say that Clipping's lyrics aren't, you know, quite horrible at times, quite skin crawling, particularly on the last two LPs. But Death Grips, I mean, they're just like absolutely feral. Like you would not want to bump into MC Ride in a dark alley, would you? I think Zach Hill's uh, live drumming that he does that you can kind of hear translated over to the program stuff on the album gives it a weird kind of tinny, unsettling feeling, particularly on this song. And then Andy Morin's keyboards coming through. They're <laughs> really fucking harsh. It's, it's like Big Black done on synthesizers. And, you know, when MC Ride comes in with that, I've got the diamond scraping, sliding, wasting my life and not a state stem, pack it up. I mean, come on, mate. Come on, mate. And we've never got to talk about Death Grips either. So I thought now's as good a time as any to bring them in. Yeah, great band. Fucking great band, Death Grips. I mean, to be fair, they were one of those bands who kind of passed me by when they were initially around due to, like... Did I hear anything from the Money Store? I might have heard something from the Money Store and just been like, oh, I should listen to that at some point and then didn't really get around to it mm. and then, you know, got a bit kind of insular into like, metal, you know, just you know, listening yeah. to metal and stuff for a little while, which is ridiculous because I think Death Grips are probably <laughs> heavier than the download most lineup. things. The whole download lineup <laughs> yeah, put together. Things, yeah. yeah, combined, yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, and then we did a Rioteers review on the Money Store and I was like, oh my God, what a fucking fool. This is idiot. And uh, this is like, I'm an idiot for not listening to this band. Mm. I mean, yeah, like I do love this record. This, this um, The Fever is a great song. Probably not even in my top half of my favourite songs from this record. No. I think, you know, like, like there are so many. I mean, the whole thing is just brilliant. Punk Weight, I've seen Footage, oh, Lost yeah. Boys, yeah. fuck that. It's just so good. Like, the Hacker whole fucking record is so mate. good. Yeah. yeah, man, it's so great. Like, they are really, really good. And I know they are, like, music journalists, like... Wet dream. Catnip, yeah, yeah. catnip aren't they? But, um, but I think they kind of deserve to be because... They're just, like you say, they've got all that stuff. Mm. And Clipping is a really sort of interesting comparison with them because Clipping can be really, really clean mm. and really kind of clinical and a bit kind of detached, whereas Death Grips, everything feels... Uh, they can also be incredibly, incredibly noisy oh, yeah. as well. Whereas Death Grips, like you say, do just sound feral. The whole thing mm. just sounds like it's about to kind of implode in on itself at any minute. So it's fucking really, really good. And this song is is great like you say the kind of the drums are great and i think the way that that those synth parts just sort of stab through in it yeah just kind of come like boot you if, if this everything about this album is just like fucking steel toe cap boots mm. it's great i know it's great i would say this track as well um is quite a good halfway house between the really 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 noisy stuff they do like lost boys and the more melodic stuff like get got or mm. i've seen footage i think this is a really cool kind of almost sort of mini capsule of the money store in itself and i do also like that i was watching the video for it the other day and their music videos are as hard to watch as their music is to listen to because it's all kind of deliberately distorted and very grainy and kind of decayed and one of the i think one of the top voted comments was 
I like the bit where he says, you know what I'm saying, because I don't know what he's saying for the rest of it. It's like, well, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, really good. Um, really, really good mm. band, Death Grips, obviously. I'm just looking at the the amount of um, kudos, if you like, that this got in like decade in review. Mm. Like all music in the got in the, the kind of... Um, decade in review didn't get placed unfortunately genius 27th best album of the 2010s um pitchforks 100 best albums of the decade so far which is only up to 2014 mm. it was number 34 it was a 117th best album of the 2010s i should be saving this really because we're almost certainly going to be doing this as a classic album aren't we? yeah i think this and next military oh, might end up being a double one day to be honest mate but there we go Whoa, oh, Bloody hell. There you go. All right, well, I'll stop talking about it then. And we'll save it for that instead. Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. Basically, two little teasers for potential classic albums mm. in the future. One song from it each. Um, I, before we get into the questions and stuff, I went to see two artists live in concert this week. Two days apart from each other. I wonder if I was the only person at both of these gigs. You shouldn't have been, because I was meant to be at both of them as well. But well done, well, well done, transport infrastructure of the UK and work. Yeah. So. Were you, does that mean you were the only person who wasn't at either? I was the only person at both, and you were the only person who wasn't at either. Uh, yeah. That's probably not accurate either. Well, I mean, in a population either. of 66 million people, I'm pretty sure I'm the only person who didn't go to see either of these bands that week. Yeah. yeah. So... On the Wednesday, I saw Lizzo Ooh. at the O2. And on Friday, I saw Curb Dog celebrating 25 years another of On The Turn at the O2 Academy Ooh. in Islington, which is a little bit smaller. A little bit. Um, I'm going to basically... I, like, I'm, I'm going to compare and contrast these two gigs. <laughs> okay. No, I actually am, because I think that's the... This is the beauty of our podcast, so we keep telling people. So, you know... Listen. Fucking... <laughs> <laughs> hammer that home as hard as we yeah. possibly fucking can i've just seen do you know what you've seen Sorry, this isn't interesting at all no i've just seen i bought some uh polish earlier because there's fucking dust everywhere mm. and i was like where's my polish i can't find it anywhere and i've just looked across the table and it's it's actually on the table what a funny story it's gonna be a great story at a dinner party when i go to that i'm sure yeah. um yeah, uh, mate, yeah, it was a shame you couldn't come to Lizzo because it was fucking brilliant. I'm sure, I'm sure. It was fucking, it was fucking brilliant. And I'll tell you, so Lizzo played as sold out an O2 as you can possibly fucking imagine. It was sold out, sold out. Nice. Like, the only seat free was the one next to me because my girlfriend found out she got covid about an hour before the doors opened and so she couldn't go. So I did try and offer the ticket out on our Twitter, but I didn't really know. It was just a little sort of last minute Larry kind of thing. So I thought, well, it'd be a shame for the ticket to go to waste. It didn't go to waste. I put my coat on it and hey. it meant I didn't have to stand next to a, a very, very young person. Because man, <laughs> a lot of young people there, a lot of young people. And I felt like, you know, I went with my mate and um, we're both, both, in our we're 30s. both 43. 30s both in our 30s we're not, we're not <laughs> definitely not in our 30s anyway and um and we were sort of a bit like we you know do we look like just a couple of dads picking people up 
or do we look like a uh, a sort of aging gay couple? Um, <laughs> well, we kind of decided that, that yeah. we probably looked more like an aging gay couple towards the end. So um, that, that's which is absolutely fine. It couldn't have been a more inclusive place than a Lizzo concert. No, like, genuinely, right. oh, yeah. it was as fucking. Um, kind of upbeat and happy and nice a gig that i've been to in fucking i can't even remember like it was just it was just joyously fun mm. i mean lizzo herself is obviously um an absolute fucking superstar she's got so much charisma she's so fucking cool all of her songs are brilliant i mean she played a 20 six was it a 26 song set list bloody hell i'll read it out to you so like napalm death sign the sign to be loved soulmate phone girls boys tempo rumors excuse me naked jerome break up twice oh, a cover of do what that thing by lauren hill which i squealed at <laughs> just went ah, ah! um it was it was fucking awesome special a cover of i'm every woman by shaka oh. khan or 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 uh, whitney houston if you're of an age um like a girl birthday girl happy birthday to you and and, and sung happy birthday to someone in the audience oh. everybody's gay which was fucking brilliant mm -hmm. water me because i love you if you love me Coldplay, truth hurts i love you bitch good as hell come back on for an encore of juice in about damn time and unbelievable um, it was really 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 great and it was just about having a good time i mean again you know look i don't want to be i don't want to be moody and i don't want to be like well actually but when I hear this thing about like, oh, the best atmosphere and the most inclusive thing is like in rock and it's like, it, it's really not no. like, it's actually not because the people at Lizzo 40 minutes before she came on were doing the YMCA. Hmm. Like the whole fucking arena was doing the YMCA 40 minutes before she came on. Everyone was singing along to it. Everyone was singing along to Dancing Queen. You know, the, the half an hour before she came on, they just had, I came in just as, joy crooks was finishing because we got stuck in traffic which meant we just got there so i missed joy crooks which is i was a little bit annoyed about because i would have quite liked to have seen her but um but the whoever was playing music in between you know dancing queen by abba um uh, they played um yeah ymca mm. uh uptown funk i can't remember what else uh was it they I played as well. by death grips Obviously, footage by Death Grips, yeah, definitely. Scum, but no, but everyone was just, everyone was just singing along, like before they even came on. And my mate, you know, who's like my age, just sort of turned around to me and went, "I don't feel like I'm as excited as these people, and I feel a bit bad." And I was like, "Well, mate, you're getting g'd up, though, aren't you?" Like, and I was like, "What a good atmosphere!" And he's like, "Yeah, it's fucking, it's fucking amazing." And then Lizzo came on, like, made the most amazing entrance. You know, about fifteen costume changes <laughs> throughout the throughout the the set. You know, she had a basically like carried a stadium show like no and i spoke about kendrick lamar and kendrick lamar had this incredible setup right incredible setup where it was like watching some sort of art installation mm. and kendrick has just so much charisma and he's so talented that you just go like wow i can't take my fucking eyes off this guy and it all looked really stylized and there are all these kind of weird little things that are going on and you're like oh this is cool and like but lizzo none of that it's literally was just like a disco ball her and her band her band by the way fucking incredible musician her bass player mm. was amazing the drummer was amazing and you know and like a few dancers who had come out now and again not all the way through but basically carrying the o2 on her shoulders on sheer strength of personality and her ability 
pretty much on her own right and this is going to be a weird comparison but she sort of reminds me of eddie vedder ah okay right? I, I i know the comparison you're going to make but okay i i can i can kind of yeah. see that from what i know of lizzo's live show so when i went to see pearl jam at the o2 right eddie vedder did this thing where he shined his guitar right up to the very back of the audience like the very 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 back row of the o2 and pointed it on this one guy and this one person you could see them kind of react and be and he totally connected with that person all the way back in the very very back of the audience and i was like that is fucking amazing like you know you don't need pyro you don't need stage sets you don't need anything you just need lights and the fucking sheer force of personality and like that kind of connection that you have with people and lizzo was doing that throughout the whole you know she was getting a mic and going give that to that person in the front row and let them speak directly to me and you know it was it was really cool that she was you know like you go and see pop stars sometimes like you know like merlin i was talking to merle and he went to see christian aguilera last year oh, and he cool. was like it was really good but i did feel like christian aguilera was going hello insert town here uh, da, 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 you're here today you know and i've seen shows from all kinds of bands mm. and all kinds of artists before where they literally will you know the the, the patter the stage patter the in-between chat is scripted scripted mm. for all you know to all intents and purposes it's scripted and Lizzo was like reading people's signs. She was going, how are you all up there at the back, at the back, back? Yeah, you, you. And then the, the camera would go on this. Like there was one point, there was this little boy who must've been like eight years old. Oh. And she's going, you, you. And this kid, and then the, the camera went on him. And I've never seen anyone so fucking happy oh. at a gig before. I have never seen anyone look happier. Than, no, no one's been that happy uh, at a gig since fucking <laughs> refused played play. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Summer Holidays versus Punk Rock Routine at the Forum in 2012. And I basically like... Yeah. It's <laughs> my own asshole. Um, it, it, it was it was fucking great, man. It was like it was so good, and like the songs just feel good. Mm. And she's fucking cool. Like you know, she did um, uh, she did naked, and again, like I think you kind of because she's got so much personality and so much of her songs are so upbeat and fun. You kind of forget that actually she's got a fucking unbelievable voice she's as well. Like she's got a hell of a set of pipes on her. And so she did naked. And at the end, all the lights went off and it just showed her in a spotlight and she had, um, and it was kind of lit so that she almost looked like she wasn't wearing any clothes. She's always wearing a kind of bodysuit, mm -hmm. but it looked like she wasn't wearing any clothes. And then it kind of cut, down on the camera and she'd had and, and the light said my body my choice on it and everyone went fucking mad and also you know it was a tube strike that night yeah, yeah. and she's going i know i know a lot of you have had a really hard time coming here and i know it sucks for you to come here but i will always fight for anyone who is fighting to have their worth in this in this planet and you know like anyone who thinks they're worth something and that you know that I, I will always respect and i will always support their right to do that and we should all do that and i thought well that's even though <laughs> a few days before and i thought i couldn't go i was going because my mate turned around to me and he was like you don't think that do you and i was like well i do think that but i also just want to be able to do <laughs> what i want to do as well so uh, you know but i do but you know i do think that and and you know i don't blame those people for striking but at the same time i was like not tonight not fucking tonight but i got to go in the end so as long as i'm all right i'm just a deeply selfish person so i think it's what i'm saying classic neoliberal thinker yeah yes exactly. looking out for number yeah, one yeah. definitely yeah it's all good exactly all good. yes yeah. a champagne socialist if you like no no that's um, a difference but, there, yeah. is it yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but um yeah that isn't that just anyone who has more than 10 pounds and also cares, cares about, about quality yeah, yeah yeah what scum yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah. yeah um yeah so 
yeah so uh but i thought it was cool that she did that and i thought yes. it was cool that she shouted those people out and she's you know the, and, and, and it was just fucking it was just wicked it was just really really wicked she's really funny mm. like people were kind of going like i'm gonna like see she was like some girls there some girls gonna you know um wants to say something to me and she's like Lisa, i want to teach you how to do a british accent and she went okay okay girl okay and she's going i'm not so like, i just know you like to say water and she did a sort of <laughs> yeah. british accent it was quite charming sure. and like she like she's just the whole time she was just like pointing people out and going give me that person's sign and at the end at the end when she um when she did about downtime she'd been speaking to this girl and this girl was like i've learned all the dance moves to this and she got this girl out of the crowd and did a little break in the middle of about damn time and put the fucking camera on her and she did all the dance moves and i don't know if you like because i follow her on instagram and afterwards she was like she put it up and she was like she said you know when i was a kid i learned all the dance moves to all the single ladies by beyonce mm. and it fucking meant everything to me and now to see this person who's doing the same for me she's like i was crying backstage in the after the show and stuff and it was just like i don't know man it's just like these shows you you come out and you you just you feel you feel good you feel euphoric i'm not saying you don't at other shows but i think it's a different you know it's a different kind of feeling mm. when i saw i don't know say the cure yeah, right yeah. it's a different type of um of of excitement and enjoyment that you get from something like that this was just and I was, about, I was about, actually, I was about to say, like, it was just, you know, just leave your brain at the door and it, it's not about anything. But actually, that's not true. No, like, it was right. actually kind of, you know, it felt really nice to be to have these really kind of cool, upbeat songs and to feel like they were bringing a lot of people together and meant so much to a lot of people. I mean, you know, I've only been into, like, it's been less than a year that I've really paid that much attention to Lizzo. Mm. But I now would go and see her at every, every fucking tour I would go and see her. I think she's absolutely awesome i mean she's in top five albums of the year for me mm. last year i love that record you know i think the one before that now i am like yep yeah, that's just as good like it, she's fucking brilliant and um it certainly was different from curb dog now if any of you are going <laughs> who are curb dog uh go and stick on, know, on the turn and sort your life go, out go and stick on on the turn because you know look curb dog are a band that i have spoken about a lot I always sort of thought that, you know, maybe um, it was just me and my mates who knew about On The Turn. Mm. But it turns out years later that they can sell, you know, Islington Academy is not a massive venue, but they sold it out. Nice. And I got there and quite differently from Lizzo, <laughs> I was um, in my element there. <laughs> There's lots of men in their middle ages with beer guts and beards mm. and like receding stroke no hairlines. Just as a quick little intersect here, I had uh, a regular in at work on Friday when I should have ideally been travelling to go and see Curb Dog. He said, oh mate, I went to go and see 100 Reasons the other week. Um, did you catch them on the store? I was like, nah, they cancelled the Nottingham date so I couldn't go. Um, he said, oh, it was great. I saw him at the Institute too in um birmingham and his review which i feel will probably ring quite true for curb dog beyond the quality was he said i got in and I looked around and i thought babysitters are making fucking killing tonight aren't they absolutely yeah. <laughs> oh my god yeah i mean to be fair there were a few people who brought their kids with them to the show i was like oh that's that's cool you know that that's either cool or very mean of you. <laughs> um i'm not sure which one but uh, you know i like completely different from Lizzo mm. like an old band who aren't a full-time band who aren't kind of really like relevant at all and no. you wouldn't say that like their music is 
I hate it when people, I actually, I don't know why I use that word because I hate when people go like, uh, is, is it relevant? But like, you know, they're not, they're not zeitgeisty. They're not doing anything which is going to kind of move music on in any way. But what they did is the lights came on, they came on, but four blokes in t-shirts and jeans mm. and they played these songs well. These songs that are now like 25, nearly 26 years old. And they just played those songs very, very well. And those songs remain really, really great alternative rock songs. Mm -hmm. Like really great alternative rock songs. And I haven't sung along to anything in the way that I sung along to the fucking Curb Dog show the other day. I mean, you know, you get Pledge on the turn, Mexican Wave, Rewind, Secure, Severed, Earthworks, Pointless, Cleaver, Ender Green, and then Encore of Dummy Crusher, Sally, and JJ's song. Um, They finish it like... They finish at like quarter to ten. They know their audience. The, they know their the audience. The early train back. I've got the early train back. Um, Cormac Battle is really funny. Mm. Like as well, he was going, here's one from our 10th album. It's really experimental <laughs> and it's loads of acoustic stuff. And we're only going to be playing new stuff. Ah, oh, are we bollocks? Fucking no, we're not. Of course we're going to be. It's another one from On The Turn. I was like, <laughs> yeah, like you fucking know. You know what you, what you are. Yeah. You are a bunch of middle-aged men who take the weekend off every few years to just sort of Go and play these songs that have connected with a small but, and I count myself as one of them, very, very obsessive group of people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you like the idea of kind of Nirvana with helmet riffs, yeah. and I, I think that's essentially what Curb Dog are. They're, those songs are fucking, they're fucking great. They still sound fucking great. And maybe it's because, you know, I bought the album the day it came out and I thought I was in some little club that no one else was in. And so I feel like I'm special. So I'm maybe bigging it up more than it actually deserves to be bigged up. But I'm not really sure. I think it is like a legit kind of lost, like a, yeah, like a, like a, a legit lost classic. And, it, and the reaction to them when, you know, they couldn't get fucking arrested in the nineties, I think is again, like oddly a very, very heartwarming thing mm. in the same way as Lizzo was not in the same way, but it was, equally as lovely to see so many people like i was there with gaz jones shout out gaz from the track one side one podcast who's been on here a bunch of times and gaz has never seen them before oh really right? oh okay so it's his it was his first time seeing Aww. curb dog and when they turned around and when he, t- he turned around to me after they finished on the turn the second song and he was like if that's like the whole set and the encore i'm fucking happy i'm <laughs> fucking just happy and like they mean a lot to a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. This band, you know, not a lot of people, but they mean a, they mean a, a lot. Considering how big they are, they mean a lot mm. to a very very dedicated group of people. And I, I like, I'm sorry, but I, you know, I listened to the album on the way back because I was so like, oh, but I just absolutely fucking love that record. It's so great, and the first record's good as well. Mm. You know, mm. Ender Green, Dummy Crusher, those songs are are, are really fucking you know, are really good as well. But on the turn is an exceptional record i think i completely agree i think on the turn is wonderful uh, i didn't realize it was um gaz's first time seeing them that's really really cool uh gaz i'm glad you enjoyed it so much he texted me i think it came through about two in the morning it was mate one word riffs fuck it was like yeah well that's more than yeah. one word but okay gaz i'll let you go that's fine um <laughs> but that, that's really cool too and you saying about you know kind of seeing this sort of cult band with a small but dedicated f- fan base i mean it's going to be the same when you finally get to see McCluskey, mate. And that was exactly the vibe in the room every time I have ever seen them. It's, you know, people who 
you know, <laughs> are listening to this band who are never going to cross over, never going to massively connect. I mean, as far as I'm aware, McCluskey may well be working on new material, but even then, they're never going to be, you know, a top 40 smash, no doubt, are they? But the people who love them absolutely adore them. And you go along and everyone will sing every fucking word to every single song, and it is a glorious atmosphere. It is lovely. Mm. It's funny when I go, because I'm definitely about 15 years younger than everyone else there. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, to, just to give Curb Dog their credit, by the way, Dummy Crusher did actually get to number 37 in the UK singles chart. So well, fair play to Curb Dog. Well done. I think I think they're doing all right, actually. I'm <laughs> not sure they are, actually. But um, but yeah, but it was fucking good. So two good gigs. Well done. That's who d- doubled who, your total who saw for the that year. Coming? So. It has, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. It's been, I've not seen anything because I've been very, I've not been to this, that many gigs this year. Yeah. So, I mean, the ne- next thing I'm going to is Lamb of God. Nice. I was going to go to Underworld, but I'm not going to now. I was going to go to Wet Leg. I don't think I'm going to go to that now because um, I've got a Merlin stag do this, this weekend. This is your stag. But I'm going to Lamb of God at Wembley. Um, so we'll probably review that along with everything else next week as well. Um, are you got, are you got any gigs coming up? You must have a couple. Uh, I have got, so the day this goes out, um, I'm, I may, may even review it, even though it's basically a house show. Uh, there's a band called Nothing Clean who are a Leicester-based... Um, grindcore straight power violence band they're actually I know they're, yeah they're playing their final ever show they've just decided to call it quits i believe um matt their vocalist basically his throat's kind of fucked and he's like i can't do it anymore so that's a real shame but mm. they're play, playing a show at a place called the meth house which is basically a bloke who puts on shows living room so that's going to be absolutely mental so might talk about that next week because nothing clean very very important to a very small part of the uk underground uh other than that um hopefully going to go and see saint pierre in sheffield in may so nothing from me yeah. i'm going to try and go to empire state bastard show as well because oh, um, on my birthday enjoy it for me on your birthday yeah. on the term i'll bloody have a drink for you and a nice irish beer and um, tell dave lombardo i'm sorry i'm sorry that i should pick roger taylor Okay, I will. Yeah, Don't I will. Tell him I will that. tell him that. He won't, he won't be happy. No, <laughs> probably he's not going to bump into him. No, but not. by the way, Empire State Bastard, I think are going to be. I think they're going to be good. Oh, I wonder why, why you might think that. Apart from the pedigree of the members of the band. Well, I can't say. Who can you say? Anyway, um, let's do some questions. So you know, twenty-six episodes. That's half a year. So it's half a year. Half a year and- plus all the other guff that happened prior to this. But we're going to draw a line in the sand and so 26 episodes is exactly half a year mm. 52 weeks is a year isn't it no one's debating that so this is halfway through our first birthday we're six months old and so we thought we'd do a little q a see how it's going see if everyone's all right yeah and answer as many of your questions as we possibly can and i guess this celebrates the end of my probation period i mean hopefully at the end of this podcast i might actually be given a contract <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's just a hobby. Get over it. It's oh, not just, a job. Just not great a job, banter, isn't it? You know, just, just great. It is great banter. Well, I'll tell you what. It's not a job. In honour of six months as well, because you know, in the first year, you do actually count those little increments. I've got myself a can of Super Happy Birthday by Cloudwater Brewery that I'm going to enjoy as part of the first ever Merry Podcast. So, oh, here we go. Here we go. There, nice. Go on, lad. ASMR that. Down in one. I'm going to down it. Five point three percent. I'm not mental. You're not mental. I'm not drinking anymore. a cup of tea. I'm not going to tell you what I'm drinking out of, though. Oh, that's going down. That is. That's going down the char- That's going down the charity shop. Um, <laughs> Very soon. Yes. So that's not metal, Mark. Oh, um, it's going down the fucking charity shop as soon as I get my uh, like all, the, all the kitchen bin, stuff like. out. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I'll probably probably slag off uh, 
people I used to do things with later on in the podcast. So it's not like you, is it? Shouldn't, yeah. spunk, shouldn't spunk it too early, should I? Well, we did have got a question, to be fair. Um, let's start with this one from Carl Finity, because this is actually a serious question. He says, is it hard to give a good review to an album by a band you aren't a fan of? Now, I asked because I wondered if you meant people um, <laughs> or just musically. Uh, or either mm. and he has specified musically so a band that you don't like being nice about an album of theirs that you maybe do like is what i'm assuming that he's saying i'm gonna say before i get your thoughts on sam i'm gonna say no it's actually nice mm. i i completely agree i mean i think it's only really come up for me once the whole time i've been doing any podcasts with you and it would have been when i stepped in for that first guest episode of Riot Act ended up being nicer about Liam Gallagher than I thought I ever would in my entire life um I think you're absolutely right you you never want to go in with preconceptions but ultimately you you do always have biases when you're coming into any album but yeah it was a pleasant surprise to find that there were bits of a Liam Gallagher album that I did enjoy so yeah mm. it, it's not a problem I mean sometimes in the back of your mind it's a worry but ultimately you do you try and take yourself out of it like if Red Hot Chili Peppers make a good album and we hear it, I'm sure we would say this is actually good. But I mean, that's never going to happen. So that's fine. No, but, you know. I would love Red Hot Chili Peppers to make a good album. I'm sure you would. I'd love... You know I mean? Someone who spent £150 on one minute on vinyl, <laughs> I would love Red Hot Chili Peppers to make a good album. I just don't believe it to be possible. I feel exactly the same about Muse. I still love those first four Muse albums and I just know that I'm never going to get anything like that again. And it's a real shame, but like, you know, you can hold out that vain hope yeah i mean i have to say i think it's probably easier to completely just shove that to one side when you're writing for a publication mm. rather than doing this because obviously like i don't want to put words in all of your mouths who are listening but i think you probably listen to the podcast because you want to hear our particular opinions yeah as opposed to uh, sort of, you know like, something in line with an editorial standard should we say yeah 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 and i think that is the difference between because i was having this conversation with somebody um a little while back and i was saying you know it's it's okay to kind of be um either hugely kind of enthusiastic about something in person or hugely kind of negative and be like, well, I just don't like that band, so fuck it. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like you don't. When people say, "Wow, you have to be objective and you have to do this," it's like, nah, I don't actually. Not on this podcast. I actually don't. Mm. I can bring all of my own personal, you know, foibles and dislikes and biases, and I'm allowed to kind of acknowledge them. If I'm writing for Metal Hammer mm. or Louder or whatever, then I'm not then I shouldn't, you know. Obviously, they go out of their way, I think, and Hammer to give me as much stuff as they possibly can that they know I'm going to be nice about. But there have been times where that hasn't been the case. You know, I have been to review Delane for Metal Hammer. I have been to review... Um, not Is it Three Days Grace? I can never fucking remember which one it was. Maybe. Three Days Grace, I think it might have been. Um, I went to review Corp Lacani mm. for Metal Hammer. Um, you know, I've had a bunch of I've I've been sent a few albums in the past where I'm like, oh, I'm not so sure that this is really my sort of thing. I tend to get, do you know, I get I get Autobridge albums a lot. Now, again, I wouldn't necessarily think that Autobridge are a band who, you know, if you if you said to me like, you know, who are your f sort of fifty favorite or even a hundred favorite rock bands ever, 
Alter Bridge would not be in that hundred. But no. I did, and I actually do like weirdly. I do quite like. It's not weird, I suppose, because they're a big arena band. But I do like them. But I just don't really like anything else that is like them. I think they're sort of a bit of an exception to the rule. They're the really. But best I tend to get bunch. their. Yeah, I tend to get their albums to review for Hammer. I think maybe just as Jonathan knows that I actually quite like them. Um, mm. So, yeah, you know, uh, it's not really that difficult. It's actually weirdly harder when you have a real dislike for the... Mem- like uh, This obviously doesn't happen that much, but when you have a real dislike for certain members of a band, mm. that actually sometimes you do go, I really don't want you to make a good album because I think you're a fucking bellend or whatever. Yeah. But again, that's quite rare. Mm-hmm. That's quite rare. And so you just you just don't... Re- like, with the podcast, you just I just wouldn't review them, I think, if I had a kind of personal dislike of anyone. And I'd probably just, like, an actual personal dislike. Mm. Um, I just probably wouldn't review it. So we're not going to do the 10th Ailstorm album next year, then? We're not going to do the Ailstorm album, and we're not going to do the Black Foxes album. Uh, <laughs> oh, either. yeah, them. Forgot about them. Yeah. When was the last yeah. time anyone said their name? Bloody hell. Uh, probably me when I was, um, you know, kind of hope he shits himself to death or whatever <laughs> the fuck's wrong with him. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, on that motif as well, I'm going to carry on with that kind of review based thing. Uh, leader of the Gorgonites, I think it's Rich Wilson, at Rich Wilson, mm. said, what album review have you given that's received the most hate? Have you got any, have you ever had any pushback at all sam any big pushbacks uh not big because i've you know not written for sort of large publications i mean the the biggest place i have written for is stereo board which is a really cool website but i wouldn't say it's necessarily that massive although i don't know i never saw the back end but it's not somewhere like metal hammer or something like that um as far as i know i mean i'd probably ignore it even if people did as far as i know i haven't said anything on this that people have been like you fucking wanker um, so the one that I can think of that did get a bit of pushback, and actually, retrospectively, rightly so, um, I reviewed The Devil Wears Prada's album before the one that we reviewed. Uh, I think it was oh, The yeah. Act in 2019. I reviewed that for Roxins, which was the, the first blog I ever wrote for. Um, funnily enough, uh, Stephen Hill, alumni of the same website. I am, yeah. It's one of the first things I ever wrote for as well. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But um, basically, I really, really, really fucking hated that album. Um, As I think I covered briefly when we did the last Devil Wears Prada album. And Mm -hmm. so I was just like, I'm just going to take the piss because they think they're really clever. So I just basically sort of, you know, looked up a load of synonyms and like science terms and stuff like that and made it extra flowery. And there were a few people who were going, this is really fucking shit and stupid and pretentious. It's like, well, yeah, it is. That's kind of the point. But yeah, to be fair, that wasn't maybe the smartest move of mine but no that's the only one really so far really yeah i'm really surprised i'm really surprised that metalcore fans uh <laughs> reacted badly to a review by one of the shitty bands that they like yeah, who would have thought that's they? really yeah, yeah. i'm really surprised by that because they're usually so, so um, welcoming and forgiving so yeah. open-minded and so kind of uh you know okay with people having different opinions mm. to them that is weird that is really weird um i've just been quite a few to be fair uh, every time they repost that thing about it's not even a review but i did an opinion piece about lulu being oh, quite good yeah. and every time i put po- that gets put back on the metal hammer website i get a fucking well i don't i don't get any i'd not sort of added me no. before but um uh, yeah uh get loads of comments saying that this is ridiculous and what are you smelling though you're fucking stupid and blah 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 um <laughs> yeah i think what, you ever written metal well. nothing so don't so don't 
although if it's Dom Lawson saying that because he hates it as well, I would have to go, ah, well, yeah, you've written more than me. <laughs> um, I reviewed the, uh, oh, what are they called? Um, Paramount 5000. Oh, album. Little Spider that One. came yeah. out in about, yeah, it came out in 2016 and um, Hammer tweeted about that. And didn't somebody he like retweet me yeah somebody tagged me in it and then he was like well oh, that was something and i sort of went yeah you know like i i just you know i i, I wasn't really feeling it to be honest mate and i said actually i do like like i do <laughs> weirdly consider i'm a bit like all oh, that sort of third generation new metal stuff i actually quite like um tonight the stars revolt by Pan Man 5000 i think that's a pretty fun sort of bouncy um mainstream industrial pop rock record i think it's actually quite good i think it's got some pretty good songs on it the only incidentally only one i know is when worlds collide which to be fair is a bit of a banger like if i'm you know at some sort of rock club a few pints in and it comes on you know i'm not going to stand at the bar and shake my head you know i'm going to go are you ready to go because i'm ready to go i'm ready to go what you gonna do brilliant there's actually, mate. There's some. There's some good. There's some good. I'm getting. I'm getting a track listing up here now. Oh, future um, classic album. Third one this super week. No, mate, I tell you what. Actually, that opening one, two, three. So there's a, a little intro, like there always was on new metal mm. albums. Supernova goes pop. That is a fucking tune. When worlds collide, that's a fucking tune, as you just said. Nobody's real is an absolute banger. Tonight the stars revolt. There's one system eleven eleven. Don't know that. Tonight the stars revolt. That's great. Automatic is great. Son of X five one. That's quite good as well. And then operate annihilate and blast off to nowhere. I mean that's that's like nine songs of the thirteen songs on here. And what it's got Rob Zombie on it as well. Of course, good it album. Does. It's actually. <laughs> of course, I wonder how he got involved. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, how does it compare I just to did... Deviate by Kill to This? We are going to be doing that. I know, that's, I know. that's why I brought uh, it up. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I haven't listened to either of them for ages, to be fair. But I, um, I would imagine... Have you? Yeah. You listen to Deviate? I listened to it probably uh, three or four months ago, kind of randomly. I'll save it for the Patreon. Did you? Yeah, I'll save it for the Patreon because I've got a funny story. What a funny story about the lead what singer who kills story. this. So we'll get to that later. Oh, good time. It's rubbish. Um, <laughs> um yeah, but I actually quite so. But anyway, back to the Paramount oh, yeah, 5000. Yeah. <laughs> but he got really like a duh, 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 duh at me. And I was like, well, I don't mind your music. I said, I just don't, I, you know, I just, it's more of the same thing. And, you know, it was like, I think, like, with all due respect, it's not, you know, it's not really, was, it's not great. There's a few kind of eggy bits on it. It's that tribute to David Bowie. I was going to say, wasn't this the album like, let, let's fuck like David Bowie or something like that? Yeah. And, and like, I was like, I, I, mm. I was like, I don't, I, I just don't think that's great to be honest, mate. And he was like, don't slag me off and so And I was like, well, you know, like, you're, you're doing, the thing you're doing I, was like, I don't really know why you care what i think and loads of people chimed in like fucking what have you ever done blah, 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 blah. Yeah. They're, they're, they're at me and i was just like you lot are fucking mad like wanking off to spider zombie spider Little one spider zombie spider one zombie spider onesie <laughs> like get oh i love you spider yeah hang on you tell him and i was like you are and i got basically kind of got to the point on twitter and i was like you, there are bands who cannot get Good bands, new young upcoming mm. bands who cannot get slots on big festival stages, who are going to split up, who can't make any money, who are great, who have potential to do things in the next year, but you are getting in their way. Mm. You all need to go. And he's like, well, it's hard for all of us, man. It's like, it's not hard for you, mate. You're fucking Rob Zombie's brother yeah. for fuck. It's not hard for you. Yeah, fuck it. Anyway, so maybe that, probably that. 
I would say. Um, probably that. Uh, here's a good one. Tierney at Tweets of Tierney says, I know both of you are into vinyl, so what are your most wanted records? My answer would have always been, and had been for ages, always would have been um, De La Soul's Three Feet High and Rising, mm. but then I got that a couple of years ago, so I was like, way <laughs> Wanker. Uh, my most wanted, certainly as we as we sit here in the year of our Lord 2023, is the three LP box set of The Fragile, which, to be honest, I'm hoping to get after my birthday if I get a little bunts from the old family. That'd be my, my most Good wanted one. Yeah. Um... I don't really know. There's nothing that I'm sort of desperately, desperately... I would like... I say that. Like, you know, there's loads of albums that I really... Like, Slip by Quicksand. Yeah. I would like on vinyl. To be fair, actually, one that I have just thought... um, Just because I think there's only, like... Seemingly, like, three copies of it in existence. Um, I would like a repress of Enema by Tool. I would like to have that on LP. And I... or sort of by the same token, I'd like to have ten thousand days, but I think that's that's more for sort of completionism. Um, much as I love those albums, I think it's just it's kind of nice to have the set. I mean, I'm not a precious collector. Like, I get my records to play them. I don't just keep them on the shelf or anything like that. Like, I like to listen to them all the time. But I kind of I I have got a bit of the collecting bug. It's like, well, you know, I'm missing Leviathan by Mastodon, and I need to sort that out, don't I? Yeah, I like myself um, down. Uh. We Are the Romans by Botch is another one that I was about to say I'd really like oh, to get uh, as well. But oh, I've got that next to my copy of American Nouveau, so I've also got, so that's nice. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't. I should have just bought that. I mean, I suppose I bought a kitchen instead, which <laughs> I think might serve me longer in the long runs. Um, yeah, like, I don't know. I've kind of dropped off buying vinyl recently because I just don't have as much room for it. And I've also found myself thinking that a lot of these kind of rep- represses and whatnot, like, I don't... Uh, I would rather get sort of old secondhand. I think I've said again. I think I've said this before, mm. but kind of old secondhand ones. Again, I wanted Rio for the fucking for the longest time. I wanted Rio, and then I just found it secondhand somewhere. Yeah, and I was like amazing. I mean, yeah, fucking great. To be fair, like I, I'm not. As I say I'm not really precious about the sort of like outer condition. I mean, basically, as long as the disc is playable, that's all I care about. But it's just. I don't know, it feels like the sort of secondhand vinyl market in terms of going to a like a little shop. So when I was when I first started buying records, there was this great shop in Bournemouth where I was living at the time called Rose Records. And I went in there and I've probably got I've got like five Rush LPs and maybe three Black Sabbath ones that I got in there probably for about a pound each, because it was like, well, you know, sort of the sleeves a bit frayed. It's like, well, is the record right? Like, yeah, it's like fine. I'll knit that off, yeah. And I would have paid a tenner for that. They were made in the time where when vinyl was meant to. I, I think now the kind of the digital mm. repress of that it, it actually doesn't sound as good. It's no. not actually the best medium for, for lots of things. Yeah, I remember us having a conversation um, quite a while back. I mean, probably before I was even uh, on a podcast with you uh, about when it was right at. Um, talking about, I think it was Conjurer. We were talking about Maya, and it's like you were saying. Well, I wouldn't want that on vinyl. That's just, it's the wrong platform for it and or fat format for it, I guess. And I get that. I suppose for me, it's just, there is something, I know it's the really cliche kind of annoying answer, but it's like, I quite like the act of doing it, you know, putting the record on, yeah. sitting back and just being like, it'd be a real fucking effort to skip a song if I wanted to. So I quite enjoy it for that really, which I know is hipster as fuck, but I don't care. Yeah. Uh, have you got the tool lateralis vinyl? Yes, I have. Yeah. Rubbish. It was a point. Yeah, I know. See, that sucks. I don't want to get fucked over. If they can, that's why I'm, I'm a little bit like, nah, fuck getting tall on vinyl because 
yeah having, don't need that shit having to change it like every track and also picture disc it doesn't sound very good it was just like i just wanted it because it's too like and you know that's just me being kind of greedy i guess basically yeah i've got a couple of questions about my kitchen go on as well by the way uh, andy dickens says i guess everyone is thinking the same what color kitchen are you having clean white mate. no avocado pure clean white like an 80s bathtub no no, no i've no, seen no. it do you know my you haven't seen you it. can still find them you can still <laughs> find them my um my living room is green oh yeah uh i don't know why my living room is green that is a um a decision that my my mother made well it's not easy God being rest green. Her soul. she wanted to it's not easy raise you in green. hardship i think uh and I, I i remember when she did it and i came around and i was just a bit like i don't really i'm not sure about the green mum <laughs> i'm not sure about the green because it was white before and it was fine yeah. and now it's green and it's also two different types of green on each wall oh, no and i was like oh duh. so i've been meaning to change that so it's all gonna it's all gonna it's all gonna change um uh, Jimp uh, at Jimp Art Jim also says, "What is the person fit in your kitchen's top three albums?" Now I didn't get a chance to ask him this, but I tell you what I heard him listening to the other day. Go on, Highway to Hell by ACDC. Oh, and I was like, "Hello, oh, lad. hello." He's whacked on. He's t- he turned Talksport off. He's been he's been listening to Talksport all fucking week. Mm. So I was having being bombarded with Simon Jordan and all the Jim White and all the fucking idiots on Talksport, and I was like, "Oh God." Turn it off. And then he just he came in the other day, put fucking Highway to Hell on the whole album. And I was like, oh, Fantastic. go on, lad. I was like, oh, do you like ACDC? He went, and he just went, yeah. He's not very chatty. No. And I'm not really chatty to him because he went, what's all this trans stuff about then? And I just went, oh, I'll see you later. <laughs> Let's leave that So I've got on. to go out. I was, I was like, oh, no. I'm really, I'm, I'm quite open-minded, but I tell you what, I don't get this fucking trans it's stuff. It's not going to do with like, behind closed doors. It's all right. I was like, oh, oh, God. oh Steve, it's oh, not God. easy working with the working class, is it? It must be real tough for oh. you. <laughs> I'm really working class. Oh yeah. Says of the man having a new kitchen installed. That, that, well, working class people don't have kitchens. What are you on about? Don't buy them on a whim, <laughs> New Year's Eve. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think they do. I think they do. Do they? Let's go and do a vox pop, shall we? You're not going to prove anything by doing that. Like, I'm allowed to... Fuck that. Do you know when the last time that kitchen got changed? About 1974. They came around and they were like, what even is this? It's like the fucking Ark of the Covenant, that kitchen. Mm. It's so old. Like, it had to get done. It had to get done. Ooh. I got it in the sale. Touched a nerve. Patreon.com <laughs> forward slash true cut apart. I, I am definitely... De- like, mate, I am definitely... Work- oh, mate, I'm definitely working class. Oh, fuck it. Um, but I, I, I am. I am working class, mm. so... Shove it up your arse. <laughs> Shove it up yours. Bash your uh, over another one, which I'm not prepared to do. Um, Dan Morgan has just asked a load of questions. Oh, Dan. Should we do all of them? Uh, Dan. Yeah, let's do them, but, like, really short um, answers to, to okay. pay him back for the Cliff Richard calendars. Yes, okay. Uh, Dan Morgan says, favourite TV show and films of the last year stroke all time. Dan, make your mind up. You've gone from (laughs) just the last year to to ever. Uh, So TV and film. Come on. TV and film. Um, uh, Soccer Saturday will be my favourite. It's always going to be my favourite. It's my favourite show from last year and forever. Um, 
and film i mean the banshees of issuing i thought was fucking brilliant mm. i really like that i like no i like nope as well but i haven't really watched many films to be honest i don't watch new films anymore i don't do i don't watch i don't consume any new stuff i started watching the new episodes of the new series of your honor with brian cranston mm. i don't know if you've seen that i thought the first series was good it's basically walter white if, if walter white was a judge and he was into murder rather than Mess, drugs yeah yeah fair enough but so i started watching that but i've only watched two episodes of it i haven't really watched anything else to be honest fair. oh the traitors i like the traitors as well that's good wasn't it was it i don't know i don't really watch much telly to be honest i don't really watch series so uh i mean my favorite tv series of last year i don't know if it even came out last year but i saw series two of the mandalorian last year which i absolutely loved uh film mm. so i've been getting back into film recently and i would definitely echo banshees of inner and i think it is one of the greatest films i've ever seen i also fucking adored everything ever all at once i spent the last maybe half an hour of that film just crying because it was so beautiful i enjoyed it so much i've never wept at rocks with googly eyes before that film i turned it off after 40 minutes that film oh no heart though that's you okay yeah. well there we go i mean that's just your opinion man <laughs> that's um, their opinion uh i just no, I, I drank I know I drank a bottle of white wine oh, um, yeah. and I was sort of, I didn't know what was going on. I just wanted to see short round. Um, He's fucking superb in it, mate. He's so I think beautiful I will, in it. It's such a good film. I think I will start it again and I will watch it because, you know, um, it's supposed to be good in it. Uh, all time? What's your favourite film? Of all time? I mean, my, I've said mine loads of times over the years. I mean, look, Partridge, The Office, Brass Eye, Day to Day. I'm going to put Stafflet's Flats in there, as, which I think is up there with those mm. great comedies and uh arrest development first three seasons only obviously are all amazing films back to the future i love do the right thing i've said that a whole bunch of times before i love um uh, the big lebowski feels like a really obvious thing to say but it is really really funny yeah, really and really good, good. Yeah. so yeah they'd probably be the ones that i would initially go like yeah I mean, for TV, yeah, obviously, basically all the ones you've just listed. I absolutely love uh, Bottom and the Young Ones as well. I think Bottom these days is probably my, my preferred Rick Mail medium of choice. Uh, for films, um, I mean, it really depends on uh, what mood I'm in. So I'd say for genre, like my favourite comedy, well, maybe Spinal Tap, but Bross is getting very, very close these days now that I've finally seen that. I think mm. The Dark Knight is absolutely fantastic as well and you know not just Heath Ledger's amazing performance I just love that film dearly uh, but the Memento as well would go in there for a Chris Nolan film oh I love Memento's Memento. amazing yeah. um, Alien The Shining and The Exorcist would probably be like my favourite horror films uh, yeah there's loads I mean if I had to pick one Oh, I've been really wanting to rewatch the Lord of the Rings, like all three of the extended ones. I mean, that as a single, if you're allowed to have Back to the Future one and two, I'd say the Lord of the Rings trilogy might be my favorite ever. It's just that's fine, fucking brilliant. I've never seen any of them, so I can't actually come. I can't actually say whether or not you're allowed to or not because I don't know. If, if come round right. mine and we'll do a twelve-hour stint back to back. Oh, and then we'll watch Lord uh, of the Dan Rings. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, best and worst gig venues. Dan says as well. Oh, easy. I mean. Oh, worst is Ali Pali. Fucking shit. No, I hate it. Worst is the O2 Academy in Birmingham. It's fucking oh, is it? shit. It's Never been. fucking shit. It's always oversold. It's always understaffed. The staff that, I mean, to be fair, the bar staff that are there, I think, understandably, really fucking stressed. So I don't have beef with them. Security was really heavy handed. Um, it's horrible. Absolutely fucking hate it. I went to see Gojira there in 2019, and thank fuck the ceiling is too low. And they hadn't communicated this to Gojira's team. Ceiling was too low for the pyro. Did not need it. Horrible little venue. Right, okay. Um, I think the Astoria will always be my favourite, mm. and I know it's not there anymore, but I'm having it. Always always get a chance to 
any chance I get to big up the Astoria, it's just a perfect place to watch music. Mm, yeah, I never got to go, unfortunately. It was gone before my yes. time. Uh, my favourite mm. venue um, would be the Chameleon in Nottingham. It's a little arts cafe. It's about 70 cap, and they've got a PA that's probably bigger than you'd need in rescue rooms which is like 400 capacity it's fucking great it's just run by this really really nice couple little independent place just sort of like decent drinks at a decent price nice atmosphere they get good bands on first time i ever went there was to see saint pierre i've seen sugar horse there i've seen creature there i just love it it's really nice and bohemian if you want a more recognizable venue though kind of the opposite end the royal albert hall I would go to a gig there every oh, week if yeah. there were if, if bands I wanted to see played often enough. I'd be at the Royal Albert Hall every fucking week. It is sublime. I would be there every night if I could be bloody bothered yeah. this week, but I can't. No. Um, especially most gig venues outside of your day jobs and podcasting. Any hobbies? You got any hobbies that we don't know about? That you don't know about? Uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it depends how deep you want to go. Uh, yeah, really, uh, as I say, getting back into film, trying to get back into literature, because I realised that um, basically until start of this year, I hadn't read any fiction since before I started my degree. So best part of half a decade, I'd only I'd just been reading non-fiction. So yeah, I've been getting back into that. And um, I like a bit of gaming, not as much as I did when I was younger. I think <laughs> when Fallout 4 came out, which I did like, I think I was like, yeah, I think I'm a bit bored of all this now. And like every now and then I'll play one big release or whatever and i'd say in the last five years i've probably played breath of the wild red dead 2 death stranding and those are the games that have really stayed with me so there we go mm. um i only do about four things to be honest in the whole in my whole life lifting weights yeah dropping weights that's putting, putting weights thing. back on the rack picking them up and then putting them down again pick things up and put them down yeah. that's what i do nice uh yeah so i go to the gym and then i work until i can have some chocolate <laughs> and then i go to and then i listen to music and then i go to bed Ooh, and i watch football tell you what i'm gonna uh, interject in dan's question what's your favorite chocolate steve what's your go-to chocolate it's cadbury's isn't it, it any is cadbury's, cadbury's yeah. really yeah most cadbury's to be honest stuff. just just a straight dairy milk in it a straight dairy milk is one of life's greatest pleasures grandest pleasures i think just straight dairy milk yeah, i'd say lovely. i'd say for the last sort of six months or so my my crack of choice has been the bags of whisper bites whole bag of whisper yeah, bites lovely. after i finish a shift lovely i i have to stop this because i've got to that age now where i can work like i went to gym earlier and i absolutely run myself ragged i went i went i went absolutely mad mm. and i was just a knackered aching ball of sweat at the end of it and I'm still fat, and <laughs> <laughs> and and then I got a, a a bag of mini eggs and I ate them, and I was like, right, well, that was worth it. You've got you've got to stop this. You've got to stop this because you can't do both these things. No. Like, there's no point doing one and. I mean, the thing is, it's just what it does is it means you don't get as fat. Mm. So I I would be a lot fatter if I didn't go to the. But recently, I have gone like, oh god, I tell you what, I used to be able to eat kind of quite badly. Mm. And if I went to the gym enough, it wouldn't. I wouldn't notice. No. Uh, but now I am like oh, yeah, my metabolism is slowing down. So yeah, that's it really. That's it. So I'm out of those hobbies. The things I said I'm going to do. I'm about to take one of them, the chocolate, and I'm about to take one of them away. I think. Oh. So that just really leaves working, 
listening to music, watching football. Football. Annoying bon, annoying bonjour, and going to the gym. That's pretty much all I do. I do like going to the gym now. He started going about ten years ago. Uh, okay. And it is, it is, uh, it, it's, uh, it's good. I actually enjoy. I actually found found myself enjoying going, doing that. Yeah, I. I never had exercise that I enjoyed before. But I actually do. Yeah, I started going in mid two thousand eighteen, probably till like mid two thousand nineteen, and then I've totally fallen out of it, and then not got back into the routine. It's kind of that initial six weeks of just getting yourself mentally in the in the flow of it. I need to get back to it, really. But yeah, Mm. Um, I'm going to skip a few of these questions. Actually, skip the bad ones. Can't just make it all Dan stuff. Um, What is interesting? What do you know now that you wish you'd known when you were (laughs) eighteen? Um, that probably nine eleven for me. <laughs> I'd have warned someone, but then you would, would they believe me? If I'd have f- phoned up George Bush and gone, can, "Put me through to George Bush, please." If I just go, "Hello, is that America?" Put me through to George Bush. Someone's going to get you in a few years, and he'd have been like, "Who the fuck's this? Get fuck off." So it probably wouldn't have made much difference anyway. But yeah, I think that would have probably helped the world in general if I'd have gone like, "Don't let's not have nine eleven." Yeah. Um. I would have made sure that the emergency services couldn't get to Nigel Farage after his plane crash. I would have known the location and told him that. <laughs> so. yeah, I feel like we'd be in a good. slightly better position in the UK if he weren't about. Yeah, I think, you know, yeah. Um, it's a good one. Michael Warren says, if you were so inclined and wrote a non-fiction book for publication, what topic would you write about and why? Now, I actually, you know, I know a few people who've, written books and stuff and i have sort of thought to myself like that'd be quite a good thing to do i used to do a blog about all of my gigs i've been to each gig ticket would be a blog post i did that and i was going to go through all of them i was going to do that and then um again my mum bless her uh she just chucked all my gig tickets away one day when she came up to to, like came up to visit me and would clean my house threw them all away and i was like okay well that's that's fuck that up then but i think a book on um the odd little world of living in a small village in hampshire in the 90s whilst the explosion of grunge new metal pop punk brit pop and all the other things were happening around me and being an hour and a bit away from london um could be sort of interesting or at least you know i think there's a little gap between our bank be your life everybody loves our town and then there's like sellout by dan Ozzy, yeah, and yeah. there's um there's one about the kind of new york um garage rock revival scene which i've got and i've actually never read um so I think there's a there's a bit of space in between all of that mm. that hasn't been touched on, and I would like to fill that gap. I think I think that would be really interesting. Yeah, kind of anthropological study of uh, yokels who like other yokels from Seattle. Mm. Uh, yeah. yeah, fair enough. Uh, what about you? What are you going to write one about? Um, fucking Justin Broderick's <laughs> taste of ju- Justin Broderick's bumhole. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I know, I know all about that. Uh, no, I mean, funnily enough, in uh, beginning of 2021, uh, myself and uh, Metal Hammer Scribe and uh, a friend of mine, good friend of mine, I would say, uh, Alec Chillingworth, we were both mm-hmm. looking at. Uh, so 33 and a third do um, like open. Uh, open pitches for sort of publications and stuff like that we were both working on ours and um, to try and hit that sort of um 2021 deadline didn't happen for either of us uh i was gonna say i won't spoil what his was he was gonna do one always pitching uh mutter by ramstein i'd got quite a way along and i was thinking ah oh, might come back to that in a couple of years unfortunately <laughs> mine was on through silver and blood by neurosis so i don't yeah, you fucked i it. don't have one do i so yeah i don't have any ideas yeah i'm not i know i'm, not I'm still waiting th- 
I'm still waiting for them to hear back. I put a pitch in for fake sound of progress, but I haven't heard back from them. Um, uh, I, uh, they've probably got a lot of stuff that they're doing, yeah, right? Yeah, so, yeah, just yeah. A, lot, a lot in the inbox. I mean, I'm thinking actually about doing um, a, a non, maybe even a documentary of uh, the making of Steve Coogan as Jimmy Savile at the moment. Have you seen yeah. that picture? I saw that. Yeah, Ooh, terrifying. That's, that's an Elin moment, isn't it? If ever I saw one. <laughs> it is, yeah. Um, here's a question for Sam from Frey Bentos on Twitter. Frey Bentos, uh, Cuban leader. Frey Bentos, yeah. Uh, <laughs> what's the best and worst pub in Leicester? Can you say this? Uh, so you're going to say your own. It's the best, aren't you, obviously? Well, the two that I work in are the two best. Um, so take that as red. Uh, the worst, well... Well, go on and name them. Don't just say the, the one I work no, in. No, I don't. Like you, got, you haven't got a blue plaque outside of them with like Sam Slight works here, have they? You've got no. to tell people where they are. No, I don't. I don't want you lot coming to visit me. You lot. You lot. All right, fine. So the two that I work in, uh, so my, my sort of main one is a pub called The Two-Tailed Lion, which is uh, broadly sort of like craft beer. So we do a fair amount of keg stuff, mix like cask and keg, but predominantly sort of, yeah, more kind of like weird hazy pale ales and like sours and stuff like that. Weird beers. And then the other one that I've uh, recently started working in just as cover while a member of staff's got an absolutely shattered ankle. Uh, it's called the Blue Boar, which is two doors up from that. And as far as I'm concerned, even prior to working there, it's the best place for you sort of cask real ale in Leicester City Centre. Gaz Jones has been there, took him on his birthday so he can vouch for it. Quote tweet this, Gaz, and confirm it for everyone. Um, <laughs> if you want to go a bit further afield, it's not even that far, but there's a weird thing in Leicester where since I've lived here, I will not walk more than 15 minutes anywhere. Even though, like, in London, if I go to a gig in London in Camden, it'd be like, oh, I'll walk from St Pancras to Chalk Farm. No bother, I'll do an hour. In Leicester, I'm not walking more than 15 minutes anywhere. But uh, there's a really nice one on Queen's Road called the Queen's Road Tap. That's a little bit like the two-tailed line where I work. There's one a little bit further out called the Real L Classroom that is great as well. Uh, in terms of worst, I mean, it depends. Is there Weatherspoons? Uh, there's two Weatherspoons. There used to be three. Uh, one of them got shut Going down. Going one of them then, it, surely? No, surely no, no, no. The, the spoons are both oh. fine, to be honest. No, the worst ones, I would say, are there's probably three. And I can't quite, it depends on the day which one I find the most abhorrent. Uh, so there is the Fountain, the Market Tavern, and Spencer's. And they're an abject lesson in um, local licensing because basically, dear listener, here's a little tidbit for you. If you ever go into a town or city or whatever and you don't really know if a pub's worth going into, if you see they've got a karaoke machine, don't go in because pubs only have karaoke machines during the day as their main source of entertainment if they've had their music license taken away from them and they won't they will have their music license taken away by both the council and PRS if the places do violent so there you go oh that is okay. that's a true fact that and that's worse than the the fucking Weatherspoon so oh mate even with that fucking prick who owns who's that prick Tim who Martin. owns Weatherspoon yeah, fucking oh, you, Rocky Dennis meets the Cowardly Lion. Yeah, he needs a fucking smack upside the head. But, uh, but uh, yeah, those three in Leicester, I think, are a little bit more repulsive. So, Because yeah, at least the sure. Corn Exchange in Leicester has got a nice balcony, so you can do some hilarious people watching. Okay, good. right. Yeah. I mean, Ian Mackay and the, all of Earth Crisis have turned off because we've been talking about beer for too long. Sorry, guys. But we'll uh hopefully they'll come back uh rob johnson says <laughs> do you ever go back and listen to all that post-rock stuff from the riot days well <laughs> oh, i wonder look, who he might be asking there <laughs> well i mean did you ever i mean did you ever listen to any of that stuff when it was some of it really some of it um 
I, I did. It's not a bad genre of music. No, it's no, just... I like a bit of post rock. It's just I think the problem was that you and well, you more so, but then we as listeners as well, perhaps a little bit uh, oversaturated with it. But I mean, to be honest, actually, yeah. uh, one of my favourite albums. Um, I wouldn't quite say the decade, but one that has really stuck with me, bits and bobs of it, uh, was the last Mogwai album. But then I think that was because it was more of a poppy Mogwai album than a post-rock one. Like, Richie Sacramento... Mog- Mogwai are great. Uh, they are amazing. But, like, Richie Sacramento, I think, is one of my favourite songs of the 2020s so far. I think it's beautiful. Mogwai are great, but then I like Mogwai, you know, going all the way back to fucking... Ah, you little bitch. Bonjour just bit my hand. What the <laughs> fuck is wrong with you? Um, she's like, don't slag off post-rock. I fucking will. Um, Mogwai are great, but then I've been into Mogwai since the 90s, so mm. it's not like that was That's a, not a, surprise, a, new, no. a new thing for me. Um, ditto with Godspeed You Black Emperor. Like, yeah. I'm not obsessive about Godspeed You Black Emperor, <laughs> but the stuff of theirs that I like, I do like. Obviously, bands like Cult of Luna. I mean, that's more that's post-metal, metal, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. And more sludgy and as well than sort of post, I would say. <laughs> Yeah, and I really there's a few like Voronoi. If they count, I don't know if they do. I don't really think they see. To me, that's not even really fucking post rock. Really, it's something that's a weird something kind of like avant garde thing. Really, Voronoi, isn't it? Yeah, like, and I think that post. you know, aiming for Enrique as well. I was like, I don't really feel like this is sort of necessarily post rock. But you know, when it was like three or four bands and they're playing the same chord for nine minutes and just like this is not even a song um no i've not gone back to any of that and i probably won't to be perfectly honest with you so uh, i'm glad we've got that sorted I believe we've established um that. i believe we've established that uh david inglis has asked have you ever been to scotland to see live music if so have you had any memorable experiences cheers guys now you like scottish music sam i do you do. So have you? No. Oh. No, I, uh, I, I've had the pleasure of visiting Scotland once, uh, which, I mean, any Scots listening will bulk when I say I went to Edinburgh because as I understand it, that's not Scotland if you're Scottish. But I did go to Edinburgh for three days back in 2019. Didn't see any music because uh, me and my then partner, we were actually there and left the day before the Edinburgh Festival started. And we did see one of the worst uh, bits of like improv stand-up i have ever seen it was so bad that we made an excuse to get out before the interval and on the way out we found out that we were meant to have paid a fiver which we didn't and we still wanted our money back it was fucking rubbish yeah there's a lot of shit in edinburgh obviously i did the edinburgh festival three times back in the day uh, um, how I many stars did you get in the guardian for that again just the five. Uh, um, oh, it was a five. Wasn't oh, the, oh, wasn't the guard. Right. Wasn't the guardian either. It was the Scotsman. So, oh, um, but that's actually. Well, no, that's actually better mm-hmm. up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's actually the main one. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. And uh, but funny, I went to visit my mate up there once, and we went up there, and um, Skindred just happened to be playing. So let's see Skindred. Oh, sorted. And it was it was great, and it was a very small like the venues. This actually, I think you get used to like living in London for fifteen years. You get used to when a band comes to play town, they play in front of a lot of people. Mm. And then when you go out of London and you go, oh god, this is tiny. This place, and you go, oh no, that's because London is comfortably the biggest show that they're going to be doing on their tour. Yes. And so you know whether it be Manchester or Nottingham or Bristol or Yeovil or fucking somewhere in like a Cardiff or whatever venues are much smaller mm. and i like that so i think in a lot of ways you lot are quite lucky not that i live in <laughs> london anymore but you know um but yeah like, i 
I I know I know that again Edinburgh isn't, doesn't really count, but I I like I always had a fucking great time at the Edinburgh Festival. Mm. It's fucking lovely. I think Scotland's really nice. I I, I would like to go to a... probably live. I almost you know just after the pandemic mm. finished, I thought about moving up to Edinburgh. That would be cool. I I'd like to go and spend yeah. a lot more time in Scotland. Really, I thought it was absolutely wonderful. As I say, only saw a very very small part of it, but I'd love to go. I would like to go to a gig at the Hug and Pint at some point because obviously Arab Strap have the. Uh, monday night at the hug and pint so i know its reputation precedes it i'd like to go there but but no i've not yet been to a gig in scotland okay fair um tom harvest's thoughts on our eurovision thoughts on eurovision and our entry song well eurovision is a laugh um mm-hmm. i don't really like the song have you heard that may muller i wrote a song have you heard the song no i haven't um i've seen the the reactions basically being kind of nonplussed so it's like uh, i won't bother i mean i like eurovision i'll definitely watch it uh if i'm not working like if i can get the night off i'll sit in and watch it and have a bally old time but no no strong feelings one way or the other i am in the neutrals i don't think the song is very good musically i quite like the idea which is you know like i was going to beat you up but i wrote the song instead um or i was going to like get you but i wrote the song instead i think that's quite a cool thing to write a song about it's quite a good idea for a song i don't like how it's really too it's too kind of it's that love island thing again oh no it's a bit it's a it's a bit of (laughs) it's a bit of that um so you know i'm probably not gonna probably not going to do that Nil point. um uh yeah uh will there ever be a baby born that can swim faster than shark rich asked that <sighs> it freaked my nut out if it did mm. everyone likes a bit of bully don't they can't that's be not even bully. the line fucking Shit hell flights can't on be these. a bit of bully Shit flights on these isn't yeah. oh fucking hell um uh Someone's actually said uh, they used to read my bog, pl- my bog post, my bog posts. That's not a thing. Keep going. My blog post. Um, David uh, at Stone Cold Eagles. Steve used to love reading your blog posts. I I liked them as well. You wrote about your teenage music journey. Gives us a story, mate. Ooh, he wants a story as well. Do you want a story from the past? Yeah, story Sam? time. Story time. I'm trying to think of something that happened uh, that was cool. I'll tell you what, one thing that, and this isn't like that. Like I don't know if I've ever said this before, but um, there was a really um, nice thing that happened the first time I ever went to see Feeder. Mm. Like I met Grant Nicholas. What I saw, I think I have said this before. I saw John Lee uh, at the door after Feeder played, and I'd been to Glastonbury a few weeks before. And he'd been playing drums for Dub War. I'm pretty sure I've said this loads of times before. And basically, I said, oh, I saw you with Dub War. And he was so, like, delighted mm. that someone was like, oh, my God, yeah, I played Glastonbury. Blah, blah, blah. Well, he was like, oh, fucking so great. Like, it was really, really good. And he invited us up and gave us a T-shirt and bought us a beer. And we met Grant Attacker. And when you're 17... That's really cool. Yeah. That's like, oh, my God, this is really, really fucking cool. Really, really fucking cool. Mm. So I was super sad when John Lee passed away because I felt like he was a really fucking genuine, genuine, genuine guy. Um and all of feeder actually were were like lovely lovely people mm. that's probably the first time i met a musician you remember wow. the first time you ever met a musician that you you liked yeah i think mine was really really quite late uh around my 21st birthday I went to go and see slipknot and lamb of god and got to meet lamb of god and that was fucking incredible but yeah that was only when i was 21 actually i don't think i got to meet a musician i really really admired prior to that Apart from maybe like what? Aaron from Real Big Fish might have been skulking around UEA after the gig. <laughs> and I was like, oh, can you leave me alone, please? 
What did uh, what did Lamar? Who was it you met? Randy. It was all or... of them. They were all there, and they were all lovely. Were they all nice, apart from Mark Morton. <laughs> Why, yes, was, uh, I knew it. He was a Mardi git. <laughs> was he really? Oh, I tell a lot. Actually, so yeah, that did happen on my twenty first, but. Uh, would have been the year prior, me and my mate Sole, who's come up a few times on this, we went to go and see Lamb of God. They were doing a warm-up show before they did their Bloodstock headliner. They played uh, Wolfram Hall in Wolverhampton, which is the sweatiest gig I've ever been to. It was unbearable. But afterwards, we sort of like, we saw that um, John Campbell and Chris Adler were hanging around the venue. We went over and said, oh, we're really sorry to bother you guys. Like, the show was amazing. Would you mind, like, I don't know, signing Summit for us. And they were like, have you got anything? We went, oh no, we didn't think about that. Uh, John gave me a bass plectrum. And then the following year, when I then met them at this next one, I said, oh, um, you to John, obviously, I said, oh, you won't remember. I don't expect you to, but um, I met you outside a gig at Wolverhampton and you gave me your bass plectrum and that really went a lot to me. And he kind of just looked, stared off into distance for a few seconds. And he just went, Wolverhampton he goes no I don't remember that but it's really sweet that you've said that I'm glad that that made your night it was like oh cool what a nice bloke that is nice yeah that is nice yeah. that is good um I could tell you some other stories but I tell you what I'll say I'll save them for the old memoirs uh <laughs> memoirs of a <laughs> murderer she yourself deaf says bring back snug marry avoid or whatever the variant of the name was that was a fun segment that's just one thing that popped into my mind that's fine mate don't worry about it. it's all good yeah we sort of lost that just because the, the, the podcasts are long and then you put 10 minutes at the end where we're both sort of going uh um uh, I kiss uh God flesh, paul bearer uh... paul bearer sound garden and uh razor light and you go oh not razor light at all so it became like Early on, I was like, oh, this is quite hard to do every mm. week. And if it's not that funny, maybe just bin it off. But we might occasionally do it yeah, if it's a quiet week. I mean, we, we, can do, we can do it now if you want. All right, I'll, I'll do a quick one. Uh, Go Steve, on. Snog Beverage, uh, Cream, The Rolling Stones. And I mean, <laughs> if you've got the stones there, you've got to have their bitter Liverpool rivals of Carcass. <laughs> um, okay, well, I'm absolutely going to avoid Cream yeah. because you've got Ginger Breaker. <laughs> and Eric break- Clapton. Yeah. <laughs> Ginger Baker will break my jaw whilst Eric Clapton tells me to not speak to black people. So <laughs> I'm definitely going to avoid them. Yeah. As much as I enjoy them, you and Jack Bruce will be there being like, oh, you got a fucking feel for I, I've not heard anything bad about Jack Bruce as a human being. And you have to sort of look at him and go, mate, I mean, I get why you surround yourself by two incredibly talented people, but that's got to be hard work for you, and mm. it's got to be hard work being Jack Bruce in that fucking band. Um, so definitely avoid Cream on a on a personal level only. Um, I think I probably would marry Carcass. Yeah, you've, I think Bill and Jeff would be, you know, very homely. Bill and Jeff, really nice. very yeah. nice guys. Uh, I've met the previous carcass guitarist whose name i've forgotten now well actually i went to see um voices i think it was voices and he was there and i was chatting to him and he's a nice guy mm. but i was saying oh i was listening to the new you saying like what you've been listening to recently i said oh well i've just i said look up my spot files i was listening to the latest harry styles album and he went well is it really the harry styles album because you know he does does he write those songs does he play those songs and i didn't really want to get into it with him <laughs> because i thought he was a nice guy but i was like i don't really care yeah. it's got his name on the album cover isn't it yeah. and they're his songs and he sings them so but he was doing that like well if you don't play it and write it mm. then is it really and i was like oh, oh it's just no, talking like every music that hip-hop isn't it oh god yeah um 
but I would put, but he's not in the band anymore, no. so I wouldn't have to put up with that. So I'd marry him and you'd know, get off of the Rolling Stones. Probably just, you'd, you'd close your eyes and pretend that, that Keith Richards was, you know, pretty, in yeah. the late 60s yeah. again, where he was pretty mm. and he doesn't look like a sort of, you know, handbag that's been put through a washing <laughs> machine. Um, <laughs> and got a nice haircut. So he has got a nice haircut, yeah. Uh, all right, well, then I'll give you one, um, Sam. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll give you uh, Fear Factory. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll give you the new metal edition Fear Factory uh, Spine Shank and um, oh I want to think of a really good new metal band <laughs> to chuck in there as well American Head Charge okay um, oh god um, I might just shoot myself three bands you couldn't give a fuck about yeah surely. basically I uh, right funnily enough was listening to a bit of Fear Factory the other day because I know, like, obviously everyone fucking loves to manufacture them. Like, yeah, um, don't really get it. I just don't get it. I think, uh, actually, I tell you what, I tell you what, I will marry Fear Factory of the three because mm-hmm. Burton C. Bell can sing Dog Day Sunrise to me every time I need cheering He's up. been kicked out. Well, he? I'm choosing which era of Fear Factory I'm going with, and it's okay. going to be Fear Factory about five years ago when he was still there going, Dog Day Sunrise. I want that. <laughs> it be my alarm time, but he can actually do it like a kind of rooster. Yeah. Um, Dino would cheat on you all the time. Are you, are you that's really, fine. To be honest, okay don't want him in the house. <laughs> He's the worst one, so don't want him there. Um, You're married to him. Yeah, but he, he can live his own life. Mm. It's not a lot of room in that bed, is there? You, <laughs> you Dino, you well, Dino. Just me and Dino, that's it. <laughs> not enough room. Byron, St- Byron Stroud, and fucking Gene Hogland, and not, uh, you better get a fucking queen-sized <laughs> bed to fit all of you in. <laughs> I could just have a little basket at the end; it'd be fine. Yeah. Um, oh, snog American head charge. I'm sure they're nice enough. For a lot of them, yeah. Well, whatever. But I mean, they're not spine shank, so I'm avoiding spine shank. So because they're just okay. not very good. So. You sure there's a nobody 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 change my mind and it leads me to a no disease do you like that song no okay fair enough fair enough that's that conversation um, dead it is isn't it there you go <laughs> that's why we haven't brought it back mate yeah <laughs> yeah that is why to be fair because yeah. it's hard it's hard <laughs> to make that in any way interesting yeah. johnny blot says at mothball ninja is his handle Ooh interesting Ver, uh, versus the podcast's previous incarnation there was a lot of agreement between you both okay i get that now i read that in a weird way but what of your what are some of your bigger differences of musical opinion any particularly divisive bands artists albums between the two of you is sam a secret stadium arcadian worshipper i'm gonna say if it's gotta be anything to do with Britpop. yeah it is Britpop. surely Britpop is definitely the dividing line isn't it um it's just something that i really don't get on with like there are there are bits of it that i like obviously but broadly it is that as i have said before that nebworth sound the gallagher post gallagher brothers like i find that really fucking great in but well as i said earlier muse like i really still do like those first four muse albums a hell of a lot and i know you can't stand them at all um fucking no no i know yeah but um i'd say those would be the ones but uh yeah i when we i'd say when we were like i don't know five or six weeks into the show when it became true cold pop I was a bit worried. It's like, am I agreeing with Steve too much? And it's like, well, I'm not going to change my opinion just for the sake of, you know, kind of disagreement for the sake of kind of rebuttal or anything like that. 
I mean, this is the thing when you listen to a lot of music and come in with an open mind more often than not you're going to end up kind of finding good bits for better or worse and you know it's a limited medium I'm, I, we could definitely end up going on for four hours every week if we didn't actually have lives to live but then also i think part of the reason that i agree with steve is so much is that i think steve has informed a lot of my music taste as a sort of man in his early 20s through previous podcasts he's been on so don't necessarily see it as a bad thing yeah the thing is i've i've you know i'm aware of this thing like that a couple of people have said before you what you need to understand if you're listening is a couple of things in regards to the fact that me and sam probably agree on quite a lot of stuff Mm. there are a couple of things that, that need to be said about that number one in my later years i find that i like most things Mm -hmm. i like most things i don't really like power metal i don't like american scar i don't like modern metalcore i don't like the majority of 2000s indie bands i don't really like love island pop music apart from that i don't like the more extreme end of hyper pop although that (laughs) gets well yes let's see how you feel next week (laughs) yeah 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 (laughs) So, you know, there's a bunch of stuff that I don't really care for, right? I don't particularly like symphonic no. metal. Um, I'm not mad on most, like, doom either, right? That's not, in the grand scheme of things, that's not very much music. No. That's not a lot of, like, that. that that's seven sub-genres that I've just mentioned that I'm not fussed about. And I've even kind of caveated it by going, I don't like most of it, but there's always going to be some stuff from it that I do quite there's like. There's always right? an exception so, to the rule, yeah. It's always the exception to the rule. So broadly speaking, I think, despite this weird reputation that I probably cultivated in the first six months of doing the old Metal Hammer podcast when I just was, you know, trying to be funny and shouting mm. about stuff a lot, I think I actually like most music, right? Now, I'm not going to bring stuff onto this show just to slag it off. I'm not really interested in doing that. So not only do I like most music... I only really bring things on after Sam and I have had a conversation to go, should we cover that? Because I think it'll be quite interesting mm. or good. And we're not really that fussed with bringing things on that we think are shit or that we have like negative things to say about. Mm. So if you're judging our entire, the basis of what we review and how we feel solely on the two hours of, you know, or two and a half hours that you get to hear us of, you know, the entire week, you're getting a very, very, very small picture of what we actually like. So I actually don't really care much for that criticism. It's not something that we're unaware of. It's something that is has been deliberately cultivated because I don't really... I'm not really interested particularly in, you know, funny, angry, irate reviews, you know. Uh, uh, no. And- particularly anymore. So we, tr- we pick things that the two of us like well- or that one of us even if, if one of us really likes it and the other one is like oh you know that's that's fine or whatever mm. i think we cut and i think you know when you look at who our favorite bands are <laughs> refuse the dillinger escape plan nine, Fugazi, inch nails. Depeche, yeah, yeah. nine inch nails and depeche mode are you really that surprised that we <laughs> broadly like the same sort of music like it's not <laughs> yeah it shouldn't be a shock but also actually just on the subject of the kind of like angry irate reviews i mean i've only had one sort of like ranty review which is when we did sports team and it's funny because Having been a listener of, of yours in the sort of various incarnations of podcasts you've done, it's like, that was always really, really fun to listen to. I tell you what, guys, it's really not fun to record. It's not fun getting that kind of upset and angry about music because when it's something that you love so much, it's it's just no fun. Like, I, I now, my heart now goes out to you properly thinking about sort of 2016 listening to 
I don't know, fucking Mallory Knox and I Prevail and Pierce the Veil and all that dog shit, like, week after week. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm not interested in doing that. And, and the, you know, again, like, I'm going to chuck this question in as well from GC, GCook97. Have you found music consumption enjoyment easier, moving the podcast to an overall music podcast as opposed to a strictly metal stroke heavy one? As for a suggestion, I'd love a rundown of your favourite music-related books or documentaries. Keep up the good podcasting, guys. We'll come to the books and documentaries mm-hmm. thing in a little bit or probably actually in the future when we do something. So I might actually park that. But for me, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, there have been times if I go back four or five years to when I would be doing four metal, four or five metal albums a week for That's Not Metal, listening to a bunch of new metal stuff that came out, reviewing maybe five or six metal albums in Metal Hammer and trying to find something to say about them. It's funny, actually, because like, you know, love, love Tom Dare like Mm. love him and he's like a really good friend of mine and i think he's a great dude and we don't you know necessarily agree on loads of stuff but i I think he's a wicked wicked guy and i'm not slagging him off at all because i think he's cool and he's a dude but i think he was wrong when we did a kind of crossover podcast and we were talking about soil work and he was like you need to you you need to stop reviewing albums and listening to the you know listen to so many albums because you can't review it and i was like well no i think quite the opposite actually what i what you you know people need to do is broaden out to get a fuller view of everything i mean certainly going okay well i'm not going to listen to we came as romans and bad omens and bury tomorrow and i'm just going to listen to bury tomorrow Mm. has made me go if if you listen to the like you know i gave the new bury tomorrow album an eight in the latest metal hammer spoiler um because it's out today i think so we probably will review that actually because it is you know it's good it's really good like i i, I like barry tomorrow they're not mm. fucking groundbreaking band or anything but they get what they, they do. just yeah yeah really good at what they do and they, they write really really good songs i think they've got a bunch of songs that i think are great mm. and you know listening to stevie wonder and um charlie xcx and fucking oh my god bonjour was going absolutely bananas upstairs <laughs> and you know little wayne and then listening to Barry Tomorrow is makes that record seem much better than if you just listen to fucking I don't even know all of those bands, a load of Rise Records bands. They sound better for it, and mm. I can think I think you can tell whether they're actually good or not by not being so close to you know if you stare at three p if you know if you if if you stare at a haystack for like. 10 hours and you just stare at a haystack and nothing else you'll be able to tell me why that bit of straw looks different to that bit of straw oh that's a bit shorter that's a bit more discolored and yeah if you just stare at that for 10 hours if you look up and see the sky and the fields and the trees and the straw and the animals and the fence and the road next to it and you see the whole picture you see the whole picture and you can see well these are you know obviously that is completely different to that if you just look at that one little bit of it then all you're ever going to see is like oh that's slightly and i just think that's a bit boring it's not fun for me it's certainly not fun for me no it's certainly no fun for me and i could not be i could not be less interested in just <sighs> listening to like you know uh, what whatever's in karanga metal hammer or you know 
three fucking post-rock albums a week. I could not be less fucking interested in doing that. I'm not going back, I'm afraid, chats. <laughs> I'm not going back. That ship has sailed. Uh, yeah, I, I feel much the same. I feel like, um, especially for, for myself, who, you know, I think bar listening to some ele- electronic sort of synth pop when I was younger, like basically just being into metal for the majority of my life, listening to all these genres and these kind of prestigious artists from them, I mean... When Merkage Dave brought in that Buju Banton album, I was like, this is a revelation. And now I go and listen to old punk albums. I'm like, oh, yeah, it is so obvious that punk comes from dub and reggae and takes all those influences. It makes me enjoy those things more. I think listening to, yeah, listening to a bunch of stuff, it makes me enjoy things more. Weirdly, sticking on the latest 100 Gex and then Ken Mode after it. It's like, I really, really like that kind of disparity and the yeah the kind of dichotomy between them i think having a perspective on a whole range of stuff that is going on across several genres is so much more exciting it definitely does it for me yeah me too me too right gaz jones i will answer this (laughs) just because it is the most gaz jones question ever (laughs) top five fucking five top five brit rock albums between 1994 and 1997 right I mean, I can answer it. Go on. I can I can answer it. Um, well, The Holy Bible mm-hmm. by the Max Street Preachers. Am I allowed to have two albums from a single, from the same artist? Uh, I, I don't care. So, yeah. I mean, just do. Fair just enough. Do as many Manix albums as you want. <sighs> yeah, well, okay. Well, I would probably have Everything Must Go as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd have The Bends yeah. by Radiohead. I would definitely have The Bends. I would have... Oh, I nearly said Scream Major then. That doesn't count. It's Brit Rock, does it? It's also Can't not count. the name of the album, is it? It's Trouble Gum. Trouble Gum. Oh, my goodness oh, me. Oh, Stephen Hill. Look at Fake Sam correcting me on something from the fucking 90s. Mm. Yes, Trouble Gum. I don't know why I said Scream Major. Because uh, I wasn't... Because I've not put much thought into this. Uh, uh, a Polythene by Feeder. I think I would have probably Pure by Three Colours Red. I would have. And uh, how many is that? That's, That's I'll take the Manic out. Seven, I think. No, 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 it's not. Polythene by Feeder. No, 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 no. <laughs> Polythene by Feeder. Polythene by Feeder. Um, I'll have it twice. Uh, uh, Pure by Three Colors Red. Uh, the Holy Bible by Manchester Preachers. The Benz by Radiohead. And I'm going to say, oh, fuck me. Uh, I'm going to say regu- regular. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm going to say Paranoid and Sunburnt by Skank Nancy. Cool. That'd be my fault. Uh, when did Endless Nameless by Wild Hearts come out? Was that 99? Uh, that was 98. Okay, I'll have that five times because I'm not answering your question, Gaz. <laughs> so I've actually answered it and Sam has answered, uh, has picked one album which didn't come out in that time period five times. So cool. And I'm going to add that to um, uh, <laughs> to Ben Sace's comment. He's just undermined his comment. I'd like to know how you find managed to find such a, a sound co-presenter. Well, you've just undermined <laughs> that, haven't you? Just massively undermined that, Oh, you? no. You've done that on purpose, haven't you? Yeah. When all the rest have been weird at best. <laughs> um. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm flattered. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, look, I'm going to say this, right? Gil, but if you go way, way back to when I first started doing podcasts, I've Gil. Never had the pleasure. Is one of, never had the pleasure, but Gil seems like a fucking gentleman. Gil's one of my actual close friends, definitely. So Gil is great. Merlin, I'm going to his wedding. Yep. I'm going to his stag next week. He's one of my best friends, mm-hmm. definitely. So I don't think you can count Merlin. I've actually got no beef with Amit. 
the, who's on the Hammer podcast. King of Prog. King of Prog, Amit Sharma. Heavy is the um, head that wears the lateralis LP. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I've never met him. I don't know. I've got no beef no, with Amit. No, fair enough. I never really listened to the um, podcast in that era either, so I've got no problem. No, no, no. I mean, you know, look, I don't really want to get into it particularly, but basically I think, um, you know, Amit did some stuff which I can see was sure, quite... Sure. Quite, <laughs> quite dodgy. Yes. The, the way he left Metal Hammer was under kind of yes. under under a cloud. I can see that. But me personally, I never had any kind of like problem with him as a person. I think he said he said I'm going to say this, and this is a warning. This is a warning to you and to all of us. I think okay. Sam is that like when you say something, like people can actually hear you. Like I know not like we're not, you know, we're not fucking uh, like the Late Show with fucking David Letterman or anything. You know what I mean? Like we're not we're not we're not going viral um or anything like that but when you say something and it's recorded and it goes out into the world uh it's sort of there forever mm. so if you say something like this band are the best uh new band since slipknot people can hear you not if you say it to your mates in the pub mm. then they go <laughs> really and you go well i don't know but if you say that in front of people then it's they they can hear it and they can remember it and you know if you say uh you know kanye west isn't talented mm-hmm. or um you know uh serpent spirit which is great by urn is better than kill em all like that's i think it was better than ride the lightning wasn't it well better than mm. ride the lightning like you, people can hear that they actually can hear those words being said and they go really do you actually think? and i think it's kind of you know like if that's what you really think but then you know like i think amit had a few of certainly had a few of them yeah where i was like oh well, that's quite a lot of things so like but, you know like um we've all done something a bit like that i think yeah we've i think all got a bit over have I actually actually have i done that i mean i i suppose code orange are probably the one that i'm going off topic a little bit here but yeah. i suppose code orange are the one that but i genuinely do like i love code orange you do i lo- i absolutely fucking love them and i know some people might go we're well, going a bit overboard or like going a bit overboard with dosha dreams by fucked up like i'm you know not saying that dosha dreams by fucked up is better than the wall or is the best like do you know what i mean and i know that culturally it's done it's had no kind of cultural impact on people but i love it mm. i genuinely absolutely fucking love the shit out of it um but I do think you have to be a little bit kind of careful about the things you say, um, which brings me on to the last couple of people that uh, I've done. Paul, Look, I mean, fuck it. I might as well say it. Then. I like I don't hate bees. I don't hate him. No. I don't hate bees. I think think I think from the stories I have heard, um, you know, from yourself, obviously, I've not heard his side of it. But I mean, it's like it sounds like. It was just a really, really unfortunate situation that I think, you know, wasn't helped by many parties on on either side of the divide, so to speak. Yeah, I like, you know, I don't think um, I think he had a bit of a troubled period when a load of stuff happened on that sort of matter. I think that happened, definitely. And um, he's, you know, he's a highly opinionated, highly strung individual. I don't really have a problem with that. I think when it ticks over into, um, uh, you know, being a little bit too cocky for your own good, I'm not that big a fan of that particularly. But, you know, um, I don't, I don't hate him as a person. I think he's like, maybe a you know like um 
I don't know. I don't. I'm I'm searching for the word. I don't want to be offensive because honestly, I've got like I I I don't I don't this many years down the line. I don't dislike him no. or hate him as a person, but like I, I, it would be hard to. Like, I wouldn't really want to work with him. Put it that way. Um, and that's totally understandable. I mean, I've got you know mates who I've made through the hospitality industry who will be mates for life, and it's like, yeah, but I don't want to sit behind a bar with you again. Like, I know it's a different kind of setting and everything, but you mm. know, working alongside people it is very different to having a kind of a friendly yeah. relationship with them, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want that either, to be honest. But no, I mean, um, I can't imagine you and B's running like uh, Paddy's Pub from Always Sunny. No, no, I don't think that's going to happen. No. Um, as for the last one, I mean. Pfft, uh that that's the real villain of the piece i think yeah like a, i don't fucking you know when we do, if we ever if my life ever gets made into a movie <laughs> and get fucking That'll be about brendan brendan <laughs> fraser listening to fucking <laughs> listening to getting listening listening to to post rock and trying to hack into my bank account yeah yeah, yeah. that'll be interesting for people to to see that so good, the thing is yeah. obviously we sound like we're being horrible and kind of laughing um yeah. you you don't know what's going on and like we'll, we'll happily no. tell you if you come up to us in person in fact i did oh there, there yeah was a bloke. I lo- <laughs> there was a f- always ask me yeah. always ask me because i'm more than happy to tell you if you've got a spare three hours <laughs> i'm always happy to tell i was gonna say so on the 30th of december uh feral state who are a great like local hardcore band they were playing at duffy's um i didn't find out about this show until the day of and so i was like i'll wander around my mate nick from uh the old bile caster was there uh and I was like, oh, I'll come over. And I've never seen that place so busy. There were probably twice as many people as could fit capacity for the inside of the venue outside it. So I was like, probably not going to see Feral State tonight. Oh, well, I'm in work again tomorrow, whatever. And this um, bloke tapped me on the shoulder. A uh, very nice man called Kane, who actually, funnily enough, I think I remember seeing at the Nothing Clean shows that used to be put on at the pub that I ran before the one that I work in now. But anyway, uh, this Kane says oh, mate, do you mind if I ask sort of what happened in terms of the podcast? And I was like, oh, mate, I'd love to tell you. And I, I, I'm i sorry, Kane, because I think I'd already had a couple of drinks. And so I think I probably kept you there longer than you wanted to be there. But uh, yeah, there we go. Yeah. A lot to um, tell. So it's quite a lot to tell. But, um, you know, we'll do my top three favourite assholes one <laughs> <Top day>. favorite <laughs> disgrace journalists <laughs> yeah Journal- you have to earn money from journalism to be considered oh, a journalist oh. so really don't you um you can't just say it uh, and then <laughs> like drink loads of fizzy drinks and <laughs> threaten people to legal action for uh anyway i'm not gonna get into this oh god bloody hell uh, i've said too much i've said too much um uh anyway um yeah but basically i think the difference is I asked you to be honest, didn't I? You did indeed. I did. I wasn't all the others. I was asked. Whereas in this instance, I asked you. Probably why we get on. Probably why we get on. <laughs> so maybe I'll be the fucking arsehole this time, and you'll leave, and maybe that's what happened. Nah, not gonna happen. No, no. I'm here. I'm here no. now. You're like, you like you like your uh, you like your you like your eight thousand pound a year <laughs> salary too. Eighty. Eighty. Eighteen thousand pounds. Yeah, yeah. Um oh, no, eight zero. Right, eight zero, Steve. Come on. Oh well that 18, that all yeah. that's half of what Yeah, yeah, yeah what you, you know. earn, yeah. I mean well, I mean you know, I'll take I'll take eighty thousand pounds or a new pair of glasses, you know. 
either's fine. Yeah, yeah. either or. Yeah. Either or's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Benji C. Wood says, since we never, speaking of which, since we never got to hear the pod, side eyes, what were our Steve's top three FA Cup shocks? So again, this is when I recorded. Um, oh, yeah, uh, again, yeah, yeah like, that thing. Matt, Matt, Matt Hughes, like Matt, Matt's a fucking great guy, by the way. Matt Hughes is mm-hmm. like, a, like an absolutely great guy. Uh, and uh, I went on his podcast and um, it, and it, I just didn't get around to uh, keeping the audio because all kinds of shit went down, as we've just sort of alluded to. But I was going to do, I did record top three best FA Cup shocks was going to be my mm. thing, which is like you know a good thing and again like matt was good um i mean fuck me if you thought renfrey didn't know anything about hip-hop should hear him like this talking about football absolutely just it's a complete waste of time probably don't get guests on a podcast if you can't even be bothered to listen to what they're talking about i would say yeah that that that's pretty good rule of thumb i would say yeah yeah i, I think so yeah. um but anyway, uh, so mine were um, Chelsea 2, Bradford City 4. Oh, yeah, great. Don't do that, because that's what he did. <laughs> that's what he fucking did. Just like football, you idiot, right? So that was the one. Um, Wickham uh, beating Leicester was one, and I had a whole kind of bunch of reasons. Because Leicester, I think if Leicester hadn't have... Leicester, right, I'm going to quickly go into this. That was number, that's kind of a, a weird one, but Leicester were number, number two on that list, because... Wickham were like a third tier team that got to the FA Cup semi-final, right. which was incredible, right? Which is a really, really incredible thing to happen. And Roy Essando famously scored the goal when he was a non-league player and they signed him off Teletext on a rolling contract. Great story. But even for Leicester, Leicester got relegated uh, the year after that. They had been top at Christmas of the Premier League. Mm. Lost to Wickham, went on this horrible run, got relegated the next year. And you could argue that had they not got relegated and gone on this big slump they wouldn't have had the great glorious comeback, comeback and ended up winning the, yeah yeah absolutely and then winning it the, so you know it all worked out for everyone in the end so i thought that was a, a you know kind of a great bit of serendipity and for me arsenal um losing to wrexham in 1992 is always going to be a fucking great great like it's everything i love about football um <laughs> happened happened on that day arsenal losing um the uh oh, the, the gunners the, you know muddy mud like top the team who finished top of the of, of 92 clubs one year versus the team who finished 92nd the year before shitty old ground the crisp harsh muddy hair on david seaman's face um just football in its most Pure and brutal glorious form it was happy days absolutely happy days um lovely yes so I like, so that was it they, those are those are my three those are my three um Here's one. Rod Sedgwick says, how about a top five or ten favourite film podcast for a bit of a variety? Mm, maybe. Don't know. Um, and also wants to know, how do you prep for critiquing a new album? How many listens should it get as a general rule? What about you, Sam? I feel like I've, all, I've answered this a fair bit of time over the years, so I'll let you start. Uh, I don't think there is a, uh, a general rule. I think it is pretty, you know, fast and loose. It depends on the kind of album you listen to. So we have already alluded to 100 Gex. I mean... Since that came out a couple of days ago, I've probably listened to that five or six times. And I'm like, I still can't really make head nor tails of it, let alone start making notes on actually, you know, kind of collating my thoughts. But we did the Devil Wears Prada album on what ended up being the final ever riot act. I only needed to listen to that once to know that it was absolutely worthless. So it really does mm. depend. I would say generally, I try and listen to an album at least three times, um, time permitting. So basically, 
have the first listen while you're doing something. Uh, second listen where you listen a bit more intently. Third listen will be when you start making notes. And then, I mean, it'll either be a case of you need to listen to it a few more times to sort of get all your thoughts jotted down or you want to listen to it a few more times and that's the sign of a really great thing. I mean, like the Algiers album, for example, which I know we have banged on about a lot already. I mean, I'll probably listen to that seven, eight times before we reviewed it because mm. I just enjoyed it so much. Um, so yeah, I don't mm-hmm. I don't have a rule, but I guess, uh, yeah, two to three times minimum. I, I'll tell you, like, I'll, I'll answer, because I think actually something I've not done for, uh, I've spoken about how many times I listened to it to chat on about it for the podcast. I mean, I think you're right. You can listen to something once and go, I get it. And you can listen to something, you know, 15 times and still go, I'm not really sure yeah. I'm fully on board with it. And you basically, you get a week. Like, there's very, very few times where I get an album in advance and I listen to it over and over. And, you know, because we kind of go week to week, I think, at the moment yeah, with yeah, the podcast. Yeah. But then there are times where like so for example um i reviewed a bunch of albums for metal hammer this week and they're 120 words right they're 120 mm. words so i mean i will literally write the review as i listen to it first time yeah. through sometimes yeah. because you know, like um the drain album you know the band drain yes, they're a hardcore band. Yeah. i got their album mm. um i'm not gonna tell you whether it's good or not but you know broadly speaking i listened to it once and i was sort of writing my thoughts on it as it as i went and then I was like, oh, I need to go back to that bit. And, you know, what's that? And I went back to it. And in 120 words, you are basically going, oh, this is a new album to this band. It sounds like this. It's good. It's not that good. Or it could be better. Or that's good. Or whatever. Mm. Whatever you think, mm. right? And it was hard because I'm also, there's something else which I reviewed um, this week, which again was only 140 words, which is not a lot, right? Not a lot to get it in. And I put it, I started playing it. And then I kind of started writing. My, and, as soon as it came on i was like this is fucking great wow this is really really good and by the end i was like fuck i need and then you sort of stop so i sort of just stopped i went i'm gonna listen to that again Mm -hmm. and i'm gonna delete everything i've just written and i'm gonna start sort of from scratch again and um so i think it just depends how hard uh and how fast it hits you do you know what i mean i think that that is the sort of the broad rule of thumb i think if you if you have something that you feel like you really need to say about it then that will kind of that will that will come to you fairly quickly and if you don't um then i mean for us it's almost like well is it even worth reviewing mm. on the podcast because unless i like if i you know if, if, if first time around you're like i don't really like this and i don't feel like i want to listen to it again we probably won't review it so that's the prep yeah started and finished yeah do you know what i mean um yeah so uh that's sort of my again like you say it's not really a rule um here's one that i want to talk about as well because i think people will be interested in this a bit and then we'll probably get going soon simon barrington says i would like i would like maybe a live debate well you can do that now between the two of you to plot out and agree the next say five classic albums that you'll both do five we don't go that far in advance we basically do like two months in advance and i'll tell you how this is worked out patreon.com forward slash true cop pop if you want to sign up for it by the way fyi and essentially it's about trying to get as much or it was anyway about as much variety Mm. genre and time wise between them so you're not going oh we did 1995's albums of the year last time so but here they are again you don't really want to do that so we try and make it as 
different genre wise as we possibly can mm. but what i found recently as our patrons and you know like there's a cost of living crisis on at the moment so absolutely no shade on you at all if you've decided that you can't afford or you don't you know you can't justify giving us five quid or a quid a month or whatever it's totally understandable. It's not a problem totally that's completely understandable doesn't matter it's not a problem support things you love etc etc <laughs> but um <laughs> uh but um uh, support things you're not really that fussed about um or things where people agree too much evidently <laughs> yeah yeah evidently um but uh i do want to sort of try and tempt people back in so i think we have recently gone let's give like i kind of know what you like you lot we have decided on our first collaborative classic album that we're going to do and it is going to be a double so half of it will go out for free go on steve yeah yeah so red medicine and the argument with fugazi they are coming will be one yeah whether that's yeah. may or june we've not quite decided yet but that is going to be one definitely so that means that you know i look at that and i go not a massive album either of them neither of them are a massive no. album not a massive band but a kind of cult favorite band that i think people who listen will probably be interested in but to kind of flip that what i would like because that's a kind of 90s and early 2000s album so then i really ideally would like something which is either from the 90s or the 2000s which is from a completely different genre of music mm. or something from the 60s 70s 80s from a completely different genre of music and you know broadly as well again something that people will look at and go oh well that's cool i'd like to hear that mm. and then maybe something where i just go do you know what do you know what i just really really like boy in the corner by dizzy rascal mm. so we're gonna do it that's totally fair enough yeah yeah and that's sort of how i feel i mean at the moment if we were to have that debate starting with fugazi we could even maybe decide what the next few classic albums are going to be for you now possibly because not that i've thought about it that much we but could. red medicine in the argument so that'd be like you suggested it so that'd be your one pick i would probably want to go with fucking hell, i'm looking at my be quite good to do kate bush right oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah hounds yeah. of love by kate bush oh, that'd be like that's great. very diff that's very different mm. from um from fugazi so if you had to do like fugazi red medicine and the argument and then two weeks later hounds of love by kate bush as picked by me mm. what would you do two weeks after that which would be different enough from the others and you got kind of carte blanche over this because you don't have to worry so much about the audience because you're kind of serving the audience with Fugazi, if you know what I mean. Well, I think that the one that I'm kind of, I mean, imagining that that is the running order we do, the one that I'd be gravitating towards, looking at my sort of long list, it would be very different to both Kate Bush and Fugazi, but it would also be a, f a big album, not necessarily at its time, but in the aftermath. I might look at doing Moving Pictures by Rush, get a bit of prog in there. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. That'd be interesting. Mm. Yeah. And that would make me go, well, Prowler we in the Yard. Prowler in the yard. <laughs> well, I think we should do some metal. I think we should definitely, that if that cool. were to be the case, you would want to do some metal. So I'm just looking at my vinyl collection here, looking at my Five Finger Death Punch vinyl. Nice, we've got to do F8. Fate of the Furious. Yep. Yeah, yeah, do that one. Yeah, yep. that's, that's the one. Uh, I do still have that here. I mean, looking at it... Should we do mm, Roots again? Do that properly. Oh, I'd like to do Roots again. <laughs> roots Redux. Some maybe like Wolverine Blues by Entombed. Oh, go on, left hand path. Left hand path. Um, yeah, I would like to do. I'd like to do something. I'd actually would quite like to do something in extreme metal. 
a little bit. So maybe, maybe like Heartwork by Carcass. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, yeah maybe yeah, yeah. Um, you know At the Gates. Yeah, uh, Slaughter of Soul yeah. would be really good as well. I think. Mm. I mean, these are all ones that people have talked about quite a lot. But we've not. I've not really done anything that sort of sits massively in proper extreme metal since maybe like we did like morbid angel when it was riot act yeah oh no napalm death we did scum didn't we we, we did, did do scum. scum yeah yeah i mean that would be the only one since though and uh although we could always just do a bit more on illa divinum insanus we could do <laughs> yeah no we'd do uh, illa divinum insanus again yeah brilliant what a tune yeah so maybe maybe entombed maybe entombed mm. would be so like let us know with that that's the, that, that's how these conversations happen yeah fugazi kate bush rush and entombed in a month would you be happy with that in two months in one month that'd be a lot over of work. two months yeah. be a lot of work in over, over a month yeah but yeah but like over a kind of two month period for the next four if that was the next four how would you feel about that do let us know we'd be interested to hear your thoughts on that mm. that's basically how we do it isn't it that is exactly how we do it like it'll literally be like we'll be on the phone and be what do you want to do for your next classic album and then i'll go no no you hang up no you choose first and then you know one, <laughs> one of us will pick the first one and that gets the ball rolling for trying to yeah have a bit of differentiation but then also not just in terms of genre but yeah as steve says we kind of want to do a big one sort of one a big one or one for you guys or like a kind of a big one then a small one for us or whatever you know mm, trying to balance yeah. it a few more other ones. Um, Scorn Hub, will you ever do another quiz? Nope. No, um, Abris Podcast says, don't know what your exact plans are regarding True Crap Pop, but I am really looking forward to more of those. Yeah, we, yeah, we are. I mean, it's just it's a bit nutty at the Honestly, moment. Honestly, so it's been really difficult to kind of get on. The start of the year has been pretty obscene yeah, for both of us. So much. sorry, but don't worry. I, I want to bully Matt Bellamy as much as the next man. He says, would it be an option for you guys to alternate between those and the Your Cop Pop every week, halving the amount of your Your Cop Pop episodes? I just feel a bit bad. So here's the thing, right? Here's the problem is if you're giving us a quid and we've said you're going to get a podcast every week on the Patreon page for that amount of money, right? Which is what we've decided. And we, you know, like, yeah. I don't want to just go, oh, actually, we can't be bothered this week. Like, I don't want to do no. that because I've promised you that you're giving finances over to do that. So I feel obliged to give you that podcast did you hear that i did hear that yeah what was that Uh, my mini eggs coming back up excuse (laughs) me i might actually cut that out because that's rank um or bleep it out um (laughs) uh and um and with the the your crap pop everyone seems to really love it Mm. and i think it would be a bit of a piss take to go oh i know you really like it so i'm gonna make you pay for it yeah um we're, so we're in a bit of a bind aren't we we're not going to put crap pot behind a paywall but yeah i i agree with you steve as well it's like you know we have promised this to people it's like if we don't deliver i think we'd feel shit about it like unless there was an overwhelming response that said we'd rather you know one and then the other or whatever it's like but i don't see that happening because like you know i as i say i was a listener i like having that much but you know gives a break it's a lot it's a lot 
it it's, is a lot, it's, but it's good fun. We do enjoy doing it, but it's like, yeah, we would like to try and get crap off out. It's just this year has just been fucking mental for both been, of us. It's been fucking, it's been absolutely fucking yeah. mental. But I think it will, like, it will, it will settle down eventually ease off yeah. at yeah. some point. Um, all right, this is going to be the last question, Andrew Cleverly, because he's got such an amazing story to go with it. Are there any gigs that you're embarrassed to say you've been to, or just plain wish hadn't existed? Back in the early nineties, my parents took my brother and I to see Gary Glitter at the NEC in Birmingham. Always raise an eyebrow when people ask what the first gig I went to is that <gasps> his first oh, fuck, no. fucking <laughs> brutal first gig to go to oh my lordy lord Gary Glitter no mate that is that is brutal yeah. fucking I'm I'm sorry to hear that that is shitty um any gigs that I'm embarrassed to say that I've been to probably not embarrassed to say that I've been to but there are certainly a few gigs that I have been to that I am like what the fuck was i doing spending particularly when i was young and i was could only go up to london like once a month maybe to go to a gig mm. or save it up for a few months so the kind of the amount of stuff that would happen in a december in a late november through december always the kind of bottlenecking of gigs and i wouldn't go to a bunch of stuff so that i could go to like three gigs in december or whatever mm. and you know save up that money from my you know washing pots and pans down uh hardcore lodge uh, hardcore lodge in over in the old folks home which is like i said the other week three pound 20 an hour profit on that great Bunts. profit on that um i mean i had to work two hours and i could afford to get a ticket to limp biscuit back in the day well the good old days wasn't it before the Inflation. good old days mate they, yeah. they were the good old days um so yeah look there are a bunch where i do look back in sort of I look at old posters and stuff and I'm, I'm like, fuck me, did I really choose over the course of a week to go and see fucking Insane Clown Posse three days after going to see Cold Chamber, Human Waste Project and Clawfinger? Oh. And I, I could have gone to see Typo Negative and I went to those two instead. Uh, I didn't go to see Fear Factory. I went to that. Like, what on what the bloody hell was i thinking there is quite a few there's quite a few of those where i think you know that like the the tiny minuscule amount of money that i used to have and i pissed it away on going to watch crap (laughs) (laughs) i tell you the other one as well which isn't embarrassment but certainly the worst clash ever tall at the astoria on the same night as the rearranged corn gig the first time i saw corn remains i think probably the because I've seen Corn so many times over the years, so I am a bit like, oh, I should have seen Tool really, but yeah. you should have done really. But there we go. You've seen them now, so that's the main thing. What about you? Are you embarrassed to say you saw anything? Um, not entire. Well, actually, no. There is one. Um, but I did it uh, basically because my mum really wanted to go to a gig, and she was like, "No one will go with me." I was like, "Who is it?" And she said, "These." And I was like, "Do I have to?" And she said, "You kind of do, because otherwise I won't go." So I did go to um motley crew's final tour back in like 2017 Oof. it was to be fair to be fair to mum so it was fucking shit throughout to be fair to her motley crew came on they probably got five songs in and she turned to me and said i'm really sorry sam this is fucking awful shall we go and i was like yeah let's do that so we got home early so that was all right um other than that no i mean there's been gigs i've been embarrassed to be at on behalf of the people on stage like i went to um mm. So Enter Shikari, when they did um, their massive, massive UK tour in 2019, where they did like 45 dates in every <laughs> everywhere in the UK, 
went to go and see them with some mates, basically because Black Peaks were opening. I was like, well, I'm going to go for Black Peaks, and then if I think Shikari are rubbish, I'll go, because at the time I didn't really like them. Shikari were brilliant. Black Peaks and Shikari, absolutely fantastic that night, but they <laughs> they were the b- delicious bread around the shit sandwich of Palais Royale, who are one of the worst bands I have ever, ever, ever seen. It's the worst professional set I have ever seen from a band. They were fucking abhorrent. So I was embarrassed, oh, wow. embarrassed to be in the room with them. So there's that. Mm. Um, other than that, I was just trying to find the lineup. I mean, there's a few festivals that I've been to when I was just an idiot child, basically, and missed a load of brilliant sets. So, in fact, actually, yeah, found here. Uh, download 2013, which would have been my first full download festival. Um, mm. Basically, that weekend, I just stayed at the main stage all weekend because I was brilliant at most of the bands that were playing. I mean, obviously not like Bullet for My Valentine and stuff like that. But there were a load of bands I wanted to see. I'd not really done a festival before. I'd been to Sonosphere 2010, but this was first one as a sort of an adult, quote unquote. So, I mean, that year, I mean, looking down it, I mean, I said the Friday. That was the first one I reviewed for Metal Hammer, you know. I reviewed that first main, I was reviewed everyone on the main stage that day, the oh, first day. Really? Oh, fair. I mean, I, yeah. I would have seen everyone on the main stage that day as well. Uh, I, was, I, let me, it was, I, it was go on. Architects? Uh, Architects was second. I was going to say, I didn't see Rise to Remain and I don't feel like I missed out. Yeah. But yeah, Architects was second. Yeah, and then so it, was, it would have been Rise to Main Architects. Ooh, Counterbats? Asking Alexandria. Asking Alexandria, it was. Counterbats were second on the Sunday. That's right, okay. And then and then it was, because, yeah, so Bullet subbed. Yeah. Slipknot? They did sub Slipknot, yeah. That was my first time seeing Slipknot. I thought it was fucking great. I can't remember who else played. Uh, so it was Rise to Remain, Architects, Asking Alexandria, Papa Roach, Down, Corn, Bullet. Papa Roach. And then Slipknot, yeah. Uh, but I mean, looking at it. Corn. So that Friday, for example, uh, I don't feel like I missed anything on the second stage at all. But on the third stage, I missed Converge. I missed The Sword, missed Hang the Bastard, missed Palm Reader. Um, in fact, I didn't miss anyone on the fourth stage. But like I look back at festivals I, I've I've been to. So as I say, Sonosphere twenty ten was my first ever festival and I missed Gallows. Like so I just had no idea. I think I was probably off watching I don't even know who I'd have been watching at the time. Um whoever was sort of subbing uh it would have been Ramstein on the main stage. Whoever was subbing them was probably who I was watching. Um, placebo. Uh well it would have been whoever's well, no, it probably would have been perceivable because obviously they had the great split of it was, you know, the main stage and second mm. stage never clashed. So, yeah, I would have been watching them and missed Gallows, I guess. So Yeah, I didn't watch Placebo. I went to watch Gallows. Yeah. I do remember. And I saw a little tiny bit of Placebo. I do remember that. Um, I've actually thought of one that I am quite embarrassed to have gone to. Oh, go on. Well, I say that. I'm, I'm not embarrassed to have gone to, but I felt embarrassed when I was there. Right. Um, I went to see Go West at the Anvil in Basingstoke in about 2006. Mm. Right. Now... So I was about 25, 26 years old. And Go West had a, an audience exclusively of middle-aged women. Yeah. And there was me and two of my like stoner mates <laughs> uh, and the drummer from Stegall went to see Go West. And we were all like, because we we like we were all like, oh, Go West, they've got some fucking bangers, haven't they? They've got some fucking bangers. But this is sort of before the time where the reappraisal of 80s pop bands being actually good mm. had happened. And so it was a bit, you know, if you were going to see Spandau Ballet or Bronsky Beat or Go West or Hue and Cry, even even Hue and Cry, it would have been considered like a bit of a kind of weird, odd, nerdy mm-hmm. sort of old person thing to do. And um, yeah, so we went to see 
as he go west and when they came on and all these old women old women all these middle-aged they're probably younger than i am now <laughs> all these middle all these <laughs> fucking probably like 38 um and um, where's your pension grandma yeah yeah i know but all these kind of older women mm. kind of got up and started doing that like you know dance around your handbag dance me and my mates just did sit there and we were like actually it was a funny idea when we were like oh yeah they're gonna play call me and they play the king of wishful thinking and then we were a bit like actually we feel a bit out of place and we feel mm. a bit self-conscious now a bit like me at lizzo a bit like the opposite a bit, a bit like the kind of flip of me at lizzo mm. yeah fair I, i've just thought of two more um one is a really embarrassing thing I saw on stage. So these are both in Bournemouth where we'd have a friend of ours visiting again. Um, my my mum would want to go. My long-suffering stepfather would be dragged along. I would invariably, because this friend of ours would get taken to this gig. I uh, saw Saxon at the Boscombe uh, O2 Academy and they did a song called Great White Buffalo, which remains the most hilarious thing I've ever seen on a stage. Biff Byford talking about his love of the Native American lifestyle. That was interesting. And Ooh. my most embarrassing gig experience was not actually being at the gig, but arriving at the gig where, again, at the O2 in Boscombe, um, I'd finished work late and then the buses were really, really delayed. And so I got there maybe half an hour of the gig left and i was meeting you know family and friend inside and so i was like oh i'll go in anyway whatever i can at least pick them up and then we'll just go home and i got up to the door and the bouncer said oh you know they they have nearly finished and i was like yeah, yeah i'm meeting people and said they have already played the final countdown so i went to see europe and didn't even see the final countdown that's probably the most embarrassing gig experience i've ever had what them apparently they? they did it really early in the set just to get it out of the way I, th really. I, I think I heard that they played it like second that night. You are taking a massive risk and I by doing that. I will say it was not the most electric atmosphere in the room when I did get there. Mm, yeah, I can't imagine that being very good. No. Yeah, I haven't really got any other ones. I haven't really got any other ones. Um, I tell you what, we'll end with one, with one final thing. Ask each, do you want to ask each other a question that we've never asked each other, Sam? Uh, yeah, you go first. And not not who does who does, not tampons. Who does your tampons? Yeah. Who does your tampons? Yeah. Um, uh, okay. Um, where do you see your music journalistic career being in five years <laughs> when you've left this? <laughs> I mean, honestly, based on your last few endeavours, I think I'll probably be ostracised from society. No. got a one-up haven't i like because it's been getting worse so far so uh mm. wait no but honestly honestly i don't know i honestly don't know um i think because i've got to say right you're doing this before you're younger now than i was when i started writing for hammer or doing the metal hammer podcast so, Is that so you know you never know mm. <laughs> could be you in a hot seat there he is <laughs> fella who nicked me job um didn't want you to nick it. I didn't want it. <laughs> didn't want roughly forty thousand pounds. Um, <laughs> I uh, I honestly don't know. I mean, I didn't expect at the beginning of twenty twenty two that I would be sat here doing this with you a year later. So, um, it's about halfway through twenty twenty two. You probably didn't even. Well, no. I mean, you? to be fair, I didn't. No, no. I think when I was on week six of filling in, I was like, I don't think this is going to carry on forever, and yet here I am. 
Um, I don't know, Steve. I I would I would like to think that in five years I might be I don't know doing some writing. But I mean, to be honest, even if things just carry on as they are, and it's just me and you talking blabbering crap, I'd be happy with that. <laughs> About go west <laughs> and Europe. <laughs> More of that. Leave that in. And Europe. <laughs> Leave that in. <laughs> uh, uh, Good. Um, all right. Do you want to ask me anything? Or oh, I mean, I've you fucking heard it all before, haven't you? Yeah, I don't I mean, have shit to I'll say. Probably have. Um, yeah, I mean, you've asked probably a, you've asked quite a nice question, and so I kind of don't want to undermine it by asking a stupid one. And I don't, no, I don't really on. have a good one. I don't think. Um, go on, ask a stupid one. It's fine. I, I don't even have a stupid one ready. I just feel like whatever. You don't asked, even have a stupid one. No, it's been a long day, Steve. I started work at. It has been a long day. Started at quarter yeah. to ten this morning. Right, there you go. Yeah. A man sounds like a man who's who's put in a prison cell with a a bean with it with a, a tea cozy. He wouldn't even be interested enough uh, to see if it would make a suitable <laughs> beanie hat. Nicking and ruining an old Stuart Lee joke there. Mm. Me, uh, it's not like me, is it? Anyway, um, there you go. That's most of your questions answered. There were a few other ones. Sorry if I didn't answer it. It's just this has been two and a half hours long, isn't it? Yeah. I thought it was going to be about an hour and a bit. I thought I thought so as well. Yeah. I thought it was going to save time. I think we've actually just just had quite a nice time chatting, haven't we? Really? Yeah. Like a chat show. We're like Graham Norton. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, I've got to go because you know what I've got to do. I've got to write that review for. I've just watched the U two. Uh, sort of homecoming documentary. Yeah. Someone did actually. Here's someone. Someone did ask. Her, are, are you going to make Sam listen to those forty U two songs? And um, I have actually listened to that record. I mean, is it even a record? It's forty songs that they've already released over the years, and they've just sort of made them sort of worse, <sighs> sappier acoustic versions of them. Um, so I'm going to say, no, I'm not going to make you listen to that. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. Mm-hmm. although i would say there's a couple of versions and stuff on there which aren't that bad but they're not as good as the originals so just bloody listen to the originals really the new originals change the ch- yeah the yeah the new radicals as well um the they've radleys. also changed sorry and the boot radleys <laughs> you should listen to the boot i think just listen wake to up, wake up. i'm gonna pick i'm gonna fucking have you listened to wake up boot yet do you know how it goes <laughs> You're not going to listen to it, are you? No, I'm not. Well, next week, next week, that is going to be my song. I'm picking. I can tell you right fucking now, Wake Up Boo is going to be my song. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like it's just become are a you gonna come in? It's such a stupid name for a song. <laughs> Wake but Up Boo. I have to listen to it. I think you'll quite like I think you'll go, oh, no, you won't. What am I talking about? You won't. You'll go, no, this is fucking twee rubbish. You'll fucking hate is it. Is it worse than the Bell and Sebastian album from this year? I was going to say, it's a bit like Bell and oh, Sebastian. It's got God. loads of like crapped, it's got loads of Britpop trumpets on it. Oh. That's something which hasn't aged well. Britpop trumpets. <laughs> no. I, only Blur got away with it, unfortunately. The rest of you fucked it up. <sighs> anyway, I'm going to go and write this review of the new U2 thing. Go on then. I've got to do that right now. So you lot have to go. You'll probably have read it if you care because it will be up online at this point because we're, as I said, recording this really early. But thanks so much for asking us some questions. Mm. Um, sorry if it got a bit ramshackle, but hey, we're just just riffing. Just we're, we're riffing. Chill, we're, chill that we're, entertainers. We're, we're, we're riffing. We're jamming. Well, we're riffing. Um, and uh, we'll be back next week. We're going to be talking about Miley Cyrus. We're going to be talking about... Lamb of God, we're going to be talking about 100 Gex, we're going to be talking about <laughs> Boo Radley's <laughs> Def, definitely. And I think definitely. most importantly, Depeche Mode. Depeche Mode. Yeah. 
That's going to be fun for us, yeah. isn't it? That's going to be a great night. Depeche great night. In we for tried us. To, tried to get Depeche Mode in advance, but apparently nobody is getting it in advance. No, as they shouldn't. If we're not getting it in advance, no. nobody should get. Sorry, it in Alex Petridis and your Guardian column. He didn't even review it. Guardian review's gone up today. Someone else, anyway. Whatever. What? Someone's reviewed it today. Guardian review's gone up today. Yeah. What the new Depeche Mode album? Mm-hmm. So. People have heard it before it's gone out then. They were probably invited to the management offices, Steve. How come I get an, inv- I get an invite to hear the new Metallica and not the new Depeche Mode? It's the same PR. Not happy about that. Mm, not a happy home life. Shouldn't, shouldn't say that on the podcast, should I? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I've signed an NDA. Oh, God. See you later. We're going to go now. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>